1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, one of HB's finest, he had an incredible amateur career with Four seasonal champs. Was it open? Explorer? Do you uh, even know? Boys? Juniors? No, a little bit of everything. Four time NSSA champion. Turning pro, he went on to win the Vans Pier Classic. He also won the Macy's Trifecta and uh, Surf Ride Freedom Series. Dang, Just dom- dominating, utilizing his travel experiences and competitive skills. He had more to give and he jumped into the business side of running surf teams. In manager positions at DC Shoes and Billabong as surf marketing director. Well, Maddox. Dude, you guys, Maddox. Yeah, you guys yeah. did your homework. This is serious. He's been a mentor to those on his team rosters, an assistant coach to the US Surfing America team. Dude, I want you on my freaking in my corner when I put a jersey on. Many years. And he was a many years he's been a beach marshal and a contest announcer. Yeah. And most recently this week at the U.S. Open of Surfing, he was on the mic from Thursday through what Sunday, Sunday yeah, four yeah, days, months. and he's hustling real estate day to day. And this guy is still deadly out in the water. And we are stoked to welcome our number one forties team member over here <laughs> yeah. of the HB Board Riders Club. The Mr. Beach, back off. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome our friend Micah Burns. Woo! Dude, thank you. Fuck. Finally made it happen. Good intro, dude. That's great. Wow, you, you've you done a lot, bud. So we have you on the show. We want to hear all about it. <laughs> I like it. We want to dive into freaking Gromhood to run and surf teams for all these huge brands. 
Yeah, let's go. Mike, you at Maddox. You ran. You were at Maddox on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I I was serving for Hurley still, then Brandy snagged me over to to be like a quasi team manager slash team writer for Maddox okay. and DBS for yeah. Cody. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, let's we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I was we'll just curious on that. I'll put that in there, Maddox too. Bro. Just making sure that the people, Brandy Faber, um, Jeff Booth, the Laguna Beach people know that you're off limits. <laughs> Even though you've been living down there, uh, there's no way in hell you'd ever leave Huntington Beach Board. Right? Hey. Right? Hey. This is true. It's the truth. Hey, Lockie's been down there for like 30 years and he's still <laughs> HP. So, he's, yeah, he's he, set the, he set the tone. He's yeah. my sponsor down there. He's, he put the visa process in, so I always cite him as my example of living in another town but still always serving for the homeland, you yeah. know, for the home yeah. team. Um, you, your names come up so many times in, in the podcast oh, with other, <laughs> other sure. guests. Uh, Timmy Reyes is probably probably one of the ones that I remember the most because he was just like, yeah. Yeah, you guys were at that same age bracket and just rivalries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also good friends, you know, at a young yeah. age. We were having sleepovers at each other's houses starting in like third grade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, let, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> Hold on. We got... How did... How did uh, Micah Byrne get into surfing? Uh, it's all my dad, dude. It's all pops. Ralph Byrne. Ralph, let's get him. Tell us a bit, Ralphie. Yeah, let's get a little bit. Killing it. Thank you to our sponsor, Shoots Beer. Yeah, it's Japanese Lager. They just came out with a blonde. I'm waiting to get the the call back on when we can pick that up. But yes, it was a hot summer day. Beautiful. Shoots Beer to the rescue. That's very nice. Tasty. Very nice. So Ralph. Yeah, Dad, uh, he started surfing in high school himself. He grew up in Garden Grove. So um, he, he... Can we can we give a little bit of background on Ralph? Ralph is a, a plumber. Yep. A full-on entrepreneur. Like, I, I kind of heard a story before, but didn't he grow up kind of gnarly, like from a gnarly childhood? Super gnarly, yeah. yeah. No, really rough childhood. You know, him and all his siblings kind of struggled. You know, this whole family, really. The dynamic, you know, there's gang stuff, and drugs, and like a million other things going on through his life and his family's life. So yeah, really, really intense, heavy childhood. But then somehow he got his stuff together, you know, and at a pretty young age, he was like manager of Del Taco, like 17 years old, you know, like making good money and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that could have been me, but stuck it out of McDonald's, man. <laughs> right? Del Taco manager at 17. Yeah, um, but he, he managed to kind of work his way out of it, you know, and if you talk to him, he'd cite, you know, becoming a Christian and finding God for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was able to kind of navigate it all through and then, you know, had my sister and I with my mom and Pretty we lived on Kauai for a couple of years. I'm um, 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, back, standard back then, you know. Yeah. Um, but, and me and uh, Karen were living on Kauai together? Yeah, I think it was my dad that moved first initially because his sister was over there and then my mom kind of followed Okay. And then they dated and then moved back here and got married and did the deal. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously I have nothing but amazing things to say about both my parents. But yeah, it was definitely Pops who always loved surfing. I mean, I have early memories from the U.S. Open, a.k.a. OP Pro, back in the day, you know, sitting on the beach watching those finals. He had me there for the, the riots that year. You know, we were stuck. I think it was 86. He, we were stuck up in the bleachers. And he didn't want to take me down because he's watching just the chaos back there with yeah. the cop car on fire and all that good yeah. stuff. So, but yeah. Your dad's kind of a badass, though, right? Like, I almost 
was he a boxer or some kind of like? I think it was just more kind of he just fought street a lot. Fight, yeah, street fighter. Street fighter. Street fighter. Street 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 yeah, yeah. Him and his, he had he had uh, two other brothers growing up, and I think it was it was yeah. pretty hectic for sure. <laughs> they were brawling and getting into some he- pretty heavy trouble. Yeah, because your dad's small in stature. Yeah, but I, I always I don't know. I, I remember talking to somebody. And it wasn't your dad, but somebody told me, yeah, dude, like, that dude used to be fucking gnarly. Like, he used <laughs> yeah. to be a badass, like, in gangs and shit. So, yeah, but was, when you talk to him, he's just so, like, at peace. So yeah. chill. You know, he's so yeah. chill. <laughs> yeah. And it's so rad to see him at the Borders Club, Board Riders Club meetings. I freaking saw him on TV when Eli won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got photos sent to me of him next to, like, Crosby, and he was sitting with their Yeah, he's still in the... He's still we, wave surfing. We and, were posted up on north side, like right between the pier and Tower Two, and, and and we were kind of like walking over to the pier, watching it under there, and walking back. And I saw him; he was hanging out. Yeah, he came over and talked to me and Dave for a minute and stuff. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's you know, his health has been pretty off and on, as you guys both know, yeah. for the last 10, 12 years. Even started with a lot of surgeries, you know, double fusion in the neck and things like that. But then he had some strokes. Yeah, and it, you know. Got yeah. a little for for how much shit that he's gone through, he's still fucking yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty good. But point being, he can't surf at yeah. the moment. He's hoping to maybe somehow get back out there. But he'll get out and paddle, and he'll just fan out. Flow you know what I mean? And, and he knows a lot of these people through through me through surfing, right? Yeah. Or myself growing up, or me in the team management roles at various companies. So he knows the Griffins. The Con- he's like Connor's one of his favorites. You know. Um, Ethan Ewing's one of his favorites. You know, he has one of his boards right now that I gave him, you know, from back in the That's day. That's so awesome. So, so yeah, big fan. Yeah. So, so Ralphie got you into surfing, obviously. Totally, yep. I have a pretty cool photo I'll pass you guys, but at age five, you know, standing up on a boogie with the pier in the background nice. on the south side. So that's right. <laughs> That'll be the team. first post. Yeah. And I think, I think one, I have a, a really distinct memory. He had a killer Russell single fin. And he pushed me into my very first wave on that thing on the south side as well. And like some baggy, gnarly, like half dry suit, half neoprene wetsuit, you yeah. know, back in the day. You were wearing brand. that? He, yeah. It just was his. Leftover. Way too yeah. big. Yeah. yeah. Just, we didn't have all these killer custom I like how you went straight to the pier, though. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 you know, warm water, no blackies, just right? we're going straight south side. Well, and that was when I was a grown. Later, you know, I moved over into Newport. Yeah. Definitely spent a lot of time there. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. So stand up on a boogie board, and then your first board was a Russell? Yeah, it was, was his Russell, and then I got my own Russell, bought out of one of the surf shops on Main Street, Huntington, and it got stolen at Blackie's on the beach, and I cried myself to sleep for like mm. a week. What, what was like the board like? Was it like size, like ground board? Or was it, it was. Just... It was probably like a 5'2 or something, which was tiny back then, yeah. right? Like So, so this would have been like 86. Um, and... Uh, it had an OP Pro sticker, so it was a sponsored surfer, but I don't remember or know who it was. Yeah, Russell and OP. I mean, that Killer. fight, a lot, of, a lot of guys were sponsored by OP. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. then. Yeah, um, but yeah. Did you, did you get good pretty quickly, easily? Um, no, so, I, so back then, riding a bunch of like used boards everywhere, I... I I, I didn't see myself progressing very well, but I only know this because my dad got a video camera, you know, which is mm. the coolest, best investment for my surfing career right? ever. Yes. To see it like that, as we all know, you know, to see yourself and what you're doing makes all the difference in the world, for better or worse. 
What, yeah, mo most often for the better, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a little disheartening. When yeah. You see, like, oh, that turn. Yeah, I was killing it today. Yeah, Wait, I was so deep in that barrel. Is that me? Like, yeah. yeah. It does. Um, it definitely puts things in perspective. Yeah. Of like, man, I thought I was way bigger wave. I thought I was way deeper. Right. I thought I threw spray and like everything is just like, okay, I gotta work on that. Yeah. But watching yourself, I mean, well, that we, is the best way to like really see yourself. Well, we talk us. about how, like how high alert senses like your senses are when you're surfing and you could you could easily like rewind those waves in your head per, you know like quite a bit like i i feel like they're right there you know yeah, like yeah. especially getting out so when you can match that up yeah. with the footage and stuff it does help because you know you live through it and it's right there and then you're seeing it from a different like perspective it, right i mean it, it's huge yeah yeah but yeah so i think though when i really saw a big jump in my surfing was when I got my first custom board, which is a huge shout out to our local shaper, Jeff Doc Lotch. Sure. No way. Yeah. yeah. That was your first. First. Okay. And it was my, somehow he, I think my, my mom did some travel for him and Amber. Yeah. I don't know if it was a honeymoon or what back in the day, but like somehow there was some connection and I almost got a, a great mongol nice. or a doc. And I ended up going with doc for whatever reason. I don't remember back in the day, but. How old were you? I was nine. Okay. Nine. And you were already getting pretty good? I was okay, but yeah. getting that fresh new foam that really fit me, and I, and I think if I remember correctly, it was a 5'3", 17 by 2 were the dimensions. Definitely remember the Matt Hoy Celtic Cross Airbrush because I was watching a ton of O'Neill Ozone. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Matt Hoy and Luke Egan section is. And Ger I mean, yeah, that Ger? Was yeah. Right yeah. That's the one that... Uh, Girl goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> down in Max, yeah. yeah, on the pyramid. Oh, yeah. God, this is definitely one of my favorite. Yeah, TR man, he did an incredible job like yeah. putting that together. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know who made that movie. Yeah, oh, all the Robert. soundtrack, everything, everything is good, phenomenal. But so, yeah, so so when I got that fresh foam, then my level was it the same like, color too, or different? I went like a like a muted fluorescent red. Okay. Almost pink, you okay. know, but it's like it's badass. Yeah. I, I mean, we, and you you hadn't gotten sponsored yet. Your no first no, custom so board. First custom board, but then right, you know, I don't know if Doc just saw it or whatever timing is right, but Doc kind of just grabbed me, you know, and started giving those discounts, you know, kind of like, hey, you're my team rider, and I okay. start doing NSSAs at that time too. Mm. So it was like a perfect like flowing kind of yeah. rhythm of getting my career going. I mean, it's so important, and we've had a lot of people who have gotten custom boards at a young age, but, you know, to have those shapes, like, you're growing, you know, like, whatever your stature is, like, those shapers that know how to shape are bronze, it's so beneficial, like, yeah, you know, with yeah. the, 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 the formulas and, like, what works, because the skill level is pretty consistent across the board. Nobody's doing, like, anything too crazy at 9 or right. 10, 11, yep. but it's... But it's some kids are gnarly. I'm just saying in general, dude. <laughs> now yeah, there's especially. one kid that was there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But they, you know. Take it easy, bro. Micah was <laughs> far and away light years ahead of what you were doing at your age at nine. Okay. <laughs> I don't even think I was surfing at nine. Really? See? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the four, there's like, I mean, being able to have a board right size for you. Yeah. Catch ways, but to duck dive and to be able to turn it. Like yeah. you're, you're learning on boards that are so oversized at first yeah. yeah well and my my board right before that that helped a lot but it was still a little off was a dock 
but it was Craig Yechigoyan's board. Oh, wow. One of his used boards when he wrote for Quickie, Newport Surfing Sport, yeah. Doc. Um, so, so tell us, what, what was that scene like? You know, Craigie, who else was like that you were looking up to at that early age, just getting into it? That early? I mean, I, I had seen Craigie a couple times randomly, but I didn't really surf with him too much. But that early, I, I don't know that I knew many people yet. You know what yeah. I mean? I was, sur- I was, I was, that was when I was really coming down to Newport a lot. Okay. Um, I, and my first other sponsor besides, besides Doc was Duke Surf Shop. Yes. OG. The yeah. Pulse of Surfing? Yes. Yep. So Duke, Duke picked me up for a sweet little deal. And then I even, you know, when he sold it and moved to Surfside Sports, I yeah. came with him. Um, and I started running boogie boards in the parking lot. So, how, so how did you get sponsored job. by the, uh, Duke, the Pulse of Surfing? No, no recollection yeah. whatsoever. I have no idea. Yeah. No. That shop, which, which, which was Beach Surf Center. Beach surf that's center. what it yeah. opened up as and um, it was like two blocks like that 7-eleven McDonald's across the street and that surf shop was like my daily like so was that routine. where where is it right what's the, the tattoo right? it's, it's a, a tattoo place. Yeah. So yeah. right at the tattoo grill. and yeah. then you have the uh, cheese steaks was it well yeah the pizza is pizza it? place Domino's pizza hut pizza, pizza hut. hut yeah it's it was in that like slot right yeah. there yeah. And it was a uh, yeah, Beach Surf Center for a couple of years and then yeah, Duke, Duke took, took it over. So yeah. Duke sponsored you. Yep, he did. And Doc was sponsoring you. Yep. And with uh with Duke like do you remember like walking in there and going, "Hey, you got to put the sticker on. Here's some wax." Here's yeah, some... kind of but barely. Like most of my memories are more when he moved to Surfside Okay. Sports, you know, and I yep. became a little older like more like 10. 11 and that's when I was going there a ton riding the bike right like we used to do no electric bike yeah and um, but I'd rent boogie boards out there in the summertime to make dough to make money oh you worked it Surfside. I worked it too yeah who else did that didn't somebody else do that I'm sure a few people whether it's there or elsewhere but that was definitely yeah, a, you a ran, you, job yeah you ran the rental for boogie boards yep I have to sit outside <laughs> and the Duke would come and yell at me if I let people park there and leave right because that's his parking spot yeah so I had to like I was calling G and W towing all the time, tr- having to tow people's cars, and it's really scary because hey, I'm not a. I got the car here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, 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 get the he would make me do it. You yeah. Know? It wasn't like someone's gonna do this for you. There's I had. Hey, it's your responsibility. You let them park there and just leave. So, wait, how how old are you when you're doing this? Like ten and eleven. I was wrong, and I'm not a confrontational person to this day. So yeah. it was really tough to go up to an adult and say, "Hey, you can't park here." Yeah, and then have them tell Beat me, "Screw you." <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like on the phone, er, GNW towing. Yep, so, sports. How you crazy! You should have got some kickbacks from those guys. They were freaking right. How crazy is it? The difference of like responsibility and jobs and age. You know what I mean? Like between then the, and now. I had a paper route at like that age, which yeah. is like we talk about. Right. It's like like Herbie Fletcher. You know, it seemed like he was working at like seven years old. Right. You know, remember that? Like he's telling us yeah. how old he was, and we we're just like, what? Yeah. I and mean, then, it starts cleaning up like a surf factory, like just being there. You know, yeah. like yep. odd in good yep. jobs. Like, yep. Well, and the boogie thing was gnarly because I only got I only got commission paid. So if I rented out the sick, like slick skin Mach 7 SS, I got three bucks off that rental. But if I just did the janky, like, you know, foamy, foamy like, whatever, it was only like a buck or two. <laughs> so I was really pushing those like upper models, you know, trying to cash in. 
You look uh, like you need something which is built for speed. I, right? You need I, the slick totally. I mean, as a grom, you're just trying to get some scrap money together for yeah. like, you know, the, the liquor, you know, the donut shop and, the, and yeah. the, you know, the, I, the, the mini mart. But that's like, it. How many days learning. a week would you do that? Do you remember? I, just a couple. No, but I remember like my biggest days, I think was like a $52 day. Wow. Yeah. You know who I know did it too? Like when Justin, when Harcharik was little, you know, he was... He's only a couple years older than myself, but yeah. his dad, that was when Ron was still running things too, and his dad had him working, I think, the, yeah. the Boogie Rental Center, which is right off the so We talk about how those, like, those jobs, although they're not, they're kind of meaningless, like, yeah. you're, you're not, you don't have you this, so but much. You, you learn, yeah, how to, yeah. like, I talk to adults, like, when are you going to get a 10 or 12 year old kid in a position where you're nine, essentially signed? Nine year old. Well, yeah, yeah but like, yeah. Signing and, yeah. and In, interacting with an adult yeah. at nine years old. Yeah. And they leave their, their ID or credit card. Yeah. You yeah. put it in the yeah. folder, yeah. you know, exactly. you feel like yeah. it's, it's business 101. Yeah. Like you're, you're learning how people are fucking, you know, interacting and, and exchanging money. Absolutely. And, and just like, you know, yeah, we need to open up a year and all like, we kill it right here. And well, and even then too, having to be somewhere on time, you know, and yeah. not being able to leave until my shift was over. And you rode regardless. your bike. Yeah. A lot of the time, riding yeah. my bike. But and I'd surf down there a lot, right? And then became friends with all the Newport crew. So yeah. it was like a, at the time, where did you guys live? Same, same Yeah. Okay. Same house. Yep. So, so that's a good almost half hour. Bike ride. Yeah, yeah. When you're that age, probably a good, yeah, like. Feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a long time on a pedal bike. Yeah. 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 But you're. But as a grom, you're just fucking. But fossing. it was good with the wind, too, right? Because going yeah. that direction, coming back, the west wind was in my back, so it's sick. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, kind of brutal on the. So you hung out there outside of work, like that was your stopping grounds, kind of? Totally, like... yeah. The guys were so cool, right? He had a killer. Crew, Grom, like Alper was one of them who I remember when I was really little. Alper was probably the one that we're talking about that ran the boogie board rental too. He might have been. Yeah. But yeah, I remember him from the shop. They're just a good crew. And my parents felt totally fine with me doing that too. They trusted everybody in there, you know, because they were with their, they were with me there a lot as well. So they trusted the whole crew there. There's a lot of trust on our parents' behalf. (laughs) That's it. Right. Now I'm like, helicopter parents, like, where are you at? Don't lie to me. I know where you're. Well, it's just so mind-blowing, you know, because we have kids. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about your kid at nine years old, like, what were they doing? They were not doing that. Yeah. You know, even at 11 years old, it's like, you don't let them ride their bike from here to fucking Newport Beach. Yeah. No. Different you know? time. That's yeah. a different time. For sure. For but, sure. um... So you got in the contest pretty early then. Yeah, and, I did. And like, that was, like seeing a flyer at the surf shop or your parents or a doc you said maybe I, w- I was always doing some random ones on the side like just my parents were involved with the high school group at church so they'd always put on like, surf CSA, contests CSA, yeah, CSA. but yeah I started doing NSSA when I was nine um, NSSAs NSSAs yeah, yeah. the top yeah, of the kind of went straight into it. but back then there, I mean I guess there were more then but yeah that was all I knew that was what my dad signed me up for yeah. so we did it but that is is the one that everyone all sponsors look at first for right? sure yeah even everything else is just practice and all your yeah make or break is the, the, i mean they true. all have worth like wsa ccsa's but nssa's has been the one that people look to they have yeah, yeah. they're the they're they said that yeah 
Yeah. Team managers are only looking at that for sure. For so, sure. so you're like 10 years old when you started doing this. Yeah, nine, nine, and then um, shortly after that too is when uh, Ryan Condor from Huntington, who was already writing for Billabong, he threw my name out to Paul Gomez. Ryan well. Condor. Wow, mm-hmm. that's epic. Yeah. I was just talking about Ryan to somebody today or yesterday. Yeah. How weird is that? I vaguely remember him on Billabong, but I totally I mean, he remember was so him on Billabong. Good. Yeah. He was yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I definitely, he was one of the younger, you know, my when I was younger, he's one of the first memories I have of the guys at the pier, who again were super cool, right, and would chat me up, and yeah, he's totally the one responsible for getting that thing going for yeah. me, which is that's, pretty cool. I mean, that's usually how it works, like, yep. you know, somebody, you know, is already on the team, or somebody knows somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's life, but... So Barry Deppenbaugh got me on Quicksilver pretty right. much like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, he was a team writer. But I mean, Billabong was like those two brands, Billabong and Quicksilver, yeah. were like the brand, the brands to be. The yeah. best brands totally. in Orange County. Yeah. So, so Ryan introduced you to Paul Gomez. Mm-hmm. So did you put together a little? Were you already? I had a sweet little video, you know, and not, you know, my. I, as far as I remember, it was never about getting me sponsored or, you know, like a lot of parents today where that's their focus, but yeah. my dad just had that camera and he'd always put together edits, you know? I was watching edits of, like, Tom Curran and then I had my edit that I made, you know, with, like, my custom soundtrack and whatever that a friend helped make for us, and so that's what we So you had a, a nice little video of you with music to it. Mm-hmm. How cool. Yeah. Which is rare back then. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it started to come around because of the... the what they call it, the home video. Yeah, the, exactly. Like that, you know, the, they weren't cheap. They were a premium. Like, well, plus you, yeah. you have to take your video to somebody to put music exactly. to the background. Yep. Oh, no, you just like. There's no just like copy and paste and fucking. You no, know, you had to queue up the, 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 the tape on the freaking. <laughs> you actually had to play the video right. and then play the music yeah. and then create another video. Yeah. Oh, it was so much. <laughs> it was. Yeah, just stopping, pausing, like yeah. trying to record with two VCRs, and it was it was a full. So did you have to go to the Billabong office? Yeah, so they set up a meeting, and I went in there. We watched my tape. Me, me, and my dad and Paul sat down on this like little couch, watched my tape, and then and then Paul showed us some like brand new footage of Ross Williams and Shane Dorian surfing pinballs, which um, ended up in Sons of Fun. Yeah, just I still remember this clearly, you know, and then. And then he just was like, yeah, you know, you're on the team. Let's do this. And gave me my first little walkthrough on the that spot. Dude, I was thinking that how, how fucked up is that? that he show, you show him your video, right? <laughs> and you're, you know, you're probably surfing pretty good. And then he shows you Shane and Ross ripping pinballs next level. It's like, okay. Yeah, this is what you got to look at. Yeah, yeah. It's where you got to be. bro. Yeah. Was he was he cool? Like he was so cool. Yeah, I couldn't have been more stoked. And I was more stoked too because I went home and told my friends, "Oh, I saw this like new footage. It's not yeah. out yet, though." Like, yeah, you haven't it. seen it. Yeah, and you're not going to see it for a year yeah. because it's going to take that long to make. But because it I write for Billabong, mm-hmm. I got to see it. Did, did Billabong have like specific team stickers like for their athletes compared to what they give? You know, I remember like. Certain companies. There was had. team stickers for sure. Yeah. There were, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and I had I had a couple of different kinds in the beginning. You know, it seemed like they were pretty more mellow with it. There's definitely quite a few to choose from. Yeah. You know. But, but yeah. How incredible is that when he tells you, 
You're on the team. Yeah, it was right? huge. I remember going to school the next day. You know, I didn't wash any of the clothes. Just put them straight on. Yeah. Warm the school and like talk, telling my teacher about it. She already knew. Like it was like around the whole school. And your your dad's probably sitting there like, holy shit! Like, my kid writes for Billboard. <laughs> yeah, you know? Sure. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Everybody gets perks around family for right. You know? And yeah. then when you you know you're at the the warehouse, and then he tells you, yeah, go grab like. 12 things. Well, that's the, yep. that's the cool part. It was 12. Yeah. Going through 12. the warehouse and everything's in boxes and like yep. labeled by size. And you're just box. sitting there in your mind, you're like, I can grab anything. Like yeah. I can grab 12 things. <laughs> right. they, I can grab whatever I want. 12 <laughs> yep. things. Yep. <laughs> did they have Grom clothes? They or did. Yeah. They didn't have Grom suits. So in the beginning I was wearing body gloves because yeah. they didn't make suits for me that small. So, so yeah. Rad. But yeah. Yeah, and, and what was the con- like? Just hey, you're, you get closed every quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was it was obviously yeah no actual contract. It was just yeah you're on the team. Let's go. Let's see what you got kind of thing. Yeah, so good. but I don't remember feeling pressure or anything. Just excitement, you know, just stoked. So whatever Paul said to me at the time, I was just like, Phew. couldn't wipe that smile off my face. Yeah, I bet. No way. How did you do in those early like years of of like? Menahini's boys, I think. Yeah, the first year was gnarly because I was young, right? It was 12 and under, and I was nine, turning 10 that season. So um, I got, I was like stoked to make the final because we had a semifinal first, then the final. Um, uh, and it was guys like Hagen Kelly, Joel Bonacici, wow. and Peter Labrador. That's when I first met Peter. is my long, best friend for a long time after that. But um, uh, yeah, my that first year I was just stoked to make it to the next round. Uh, but then all those guys kind of aged out that next year, and then I was like, top dog. Yeah, basically. I think I even a couple of them didn't show up to the final event of that first year, and I won it. And I was just like, this feels killer. <laughs> like, Where at? Uh, 9th Street, nice. actually. Yep. Um, and, and I still at that time too, like 10 ish, I was playing Pop Warner football. And so, you know, I'd have a contest, uh, sorry, a, a football game on Saturday, and then a contest on Sunday, because many of only serve Sundays. Mm. And, but I remember telling my dad, like, I don't want to play football anymore. I'm over this. Like, I found it. Yeah. This is my jam. This is me. This is all I want. Dad's like, yes. And, and yeah, and he, and he was stoked, to his credit, too. He didn't try to force something either. He just was like, yeah, sweet, yeah. all right. Well, he's um, a surfer, too, so he's like, hey, I get it, son. Yeah. Another big part, too, early, like, um, I remember I got a really good because it just so happened my dad broke his back, and he had back surgery. And so he couldn't work for a really long time. And so he was home all the time because he used to, you know, leave for work really early as a plumber and then come home by 3. He could take me after work, but never before school. But he made this pack, and he's like, hey, if you set your alarm and you wake me up, I'll take you surfing, you know, five days a week before school. So every night I'd be setting my little ghetto alarm clock, you know, with Power 106 coming on in the morning to wake me up. And I'd go wake him up. And then, you know, I had a little crew of friends around. And we'd pick up one or two, sometimes three of my friends in the morning. And we'd all, he'd take us all surfing. It's no fun just go. I mean, even though you know a lot of people out in the water, it's yeah. like you want to. You, you want your buddy. You want your buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's like, and that makes you surf even yeah, more for sure. And if your buddy's good, then he pushes you to be better. Whether, yeah, whether it's it's 
freezing out and you, you know you yeah. want somebody to just go through the torture or pump in you want somebody to paddle out uh back then it was like a cousin of mine named eddie rajo and then a few uh let's see like the these brothers um the bonev brothers a couple just kind of like just bros you know what yeah. i mean just and my and then we'd all have we'd all have um Sometimes three different school drop-offs. So they'd even bring backpacks. We'd bring shampoo, use them in the showers after we surf, and he'd even do school drop-offs for these guys. Dang. But my school, Kettler, which is gone, I didn't start till nine. So we could drop everybody off, and then I'd walk home in my UGG boots, you know, walk to school <laughs> last and be perfectly on time. And yeah. That was it. So that's I just started surfing my balls off. Every single day. Yeah, Ugg boots. boots of school. Yeah. When those things came tall, out. Tall Ugg boots. Yeah. Maybe fold over if you want to be extra styly. But, you, know? <laughs> you said styly and Ugg boots in the same <laughs> sentence. I don't Dude, know if that this works. This was the 80s. Yeah, this was straight up like, yeah. The like, 90s. There was a phase where, yeah, wearing Ugg boots to school was like hot shit for sure. So you were, you were riding for Surfside, Doc, Billabong. Yeah. Um, what? Do you remember getting a shot in the mag, your first shot in the mag? I think, yeah, it would have been wave action for sure. Nice. You know? Kepler? Yeah, some, something to do with that. Was I remember. John Kepler? John yeah. Kepler yeah. was kind of like main photographer. He was, and or editor. Yeah. You know, he was big in there. There was another time, somehow, I think Swables. Janice and Gaylene pushed something onto me where this kids magazine, like a Disney kids magazine, did a big feature on me and they had Balzer come down from LA and shoot me on Northside. Wow. And uh, it was like a full like six or eight page feature in some magazine wow. that was all about me, which is really cool. And I think I was like Kid athletes, 12 like maybe at that point. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. It was super cool. So you were starting to win the 12 division. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think 12. I won it my last two two years in a row, you know, the many Hooney season champ or something. And by then, there was a bunch of other really good surfers, you know. My still really best friend, like Jesse Evans, you know, that's when I met him. Ben Knight, you know. Then it was like John Robertson, Brian Conley, you know, like some badass good dudes who yeah. did well for themselves in the industry in one way or another. Um yeah, but it was just all on from there, and all my friends surfed, and all we did is surf, and, and then surf some more. You yeah, know, that was like any any like surf like trips to Hawaii or Mexico with the parents or like a lot. That was our family vacation because yeah. my parents lived in Kauai. Like that was our jam, so we'd go to Kauai a lot, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and other Karen times, had her own business too. She traveled. Yeah, right. Yeah, travel. she's always done that out of the house. <clears throat> yep, she booked um, many flights for me. Yeah, 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 yeah totally right. Everybody. I remember one time she called me and she's like, guess who I just talked to? <laughs> I don't know, Mom, I'm just waking up. Like, get what? She's like, Kelly Slate. I'm doing his ticket. He's going here. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Calm down. You're like, rad, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That is rad, though. So, no, it is cool. So you're from Huntington, but you were saying earlier you surfed Newport a lot. Yeah, growing up. Okay. I, I, you know, it just seemed like the waves were big a lot of the time, and I wasn't having that. You know, I, wasn't, I was just like, this is too much. And a lot of paddling. Yeah, a lot of paddling, current, everything, yeah. right, as we know. So, um, and that you had was, some dicky locals, too, Yeah, right? a couple kooks. For sure. Yeah. But no, but probably by the time I was more like 12, 13, I was back in full force at the pier. Yeah. You know? And again, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, 
seeing this guy surf out there, like in the quiver days, like this guy was the shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then, like the the Zimmermans, you <laughs> yeah, know, they Wiley, did. yeah, well, like the whole crew. Um, I'd probably leave out a ton of guys, but oh, there's so many good guys. But those are like. The, and even Dan Horgan, I whatever I remember him. Like I remember all you guys, like this tight HB crew, Sakel. Yeah. Dude, I just could go on and on, you know. But seeing these guys all surf and in person, I remember one time you lost your board, and I grabbed it for you. Nice. And you're like, yeah, thanks. You know, it was like quick, but I was just like, <laughs> not wearing a leash. That's not Kelly Slater. Leashes are first. It's not Kelly yeah. Slater because they kind of look the same. They're, they're gnarly, but. Yeah, we talk about like not wearing. We I didn't wear a leash for like almost years, like unless those contests are really big. Like yeah. I just was like, I don't I know where leashes. I, I I just didn't like them. But then it was just I don't know. It was something that I somebody told me, and I heard a couple dude like you know yeah. older generation dudes are yeah. like, you know, you get a different mindset of like not wearing a leash, and yeah. I I kind of got into it for a while, where I was like, well, I wouldn't fall, where I knew how to kick out you know of course you lose your board every once in a while but it was like yeah. well i gotta swim you know yeah no i did the same thing for a really long time yeah. I, I i used it as a training tool right like, it was kind of like that like, learn to not fall like, yeah why should it was you a full fall? contest learn not to fall like so it's epic contests you know kids these days they have coaches and stuff and mentors did you have any of that i um at a little bit older age i I dabbled a bit. I had one guy, I think his name was Dave Smith. He wasn't really super in the industry, but he was in Newport. Um, I did a little bit with him, a little bit with um, Mike Lamb. Like uh, physical training or like uh, contest? Like more contest. Mind yeah. tra- contest yeah. stuff? Yeah, more contest stuff. But no. you kind of, I felt like I always knew that you were a really good contest surfer. Right. Right? Like, you, you four were, time freaking national champ yeah, yeah. it was but, pretty natural you know even my dad I remember too he would try and we'd be on the beach together you know because he drove me to everything and he'd be like hey well, I don't know Michael like this peak looks pretty good or whatever and I'm like nah you know I'm going over here and then I'd come back from the heat and I'd win and he's like you're right <laughs> you know like you picked the right spot not me and I think it <clears throat> it came pretty natural yeah to kind of be able to break down the lineup and where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, but no, no one, no one really had coaches back then, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who were the thing. guys that you were like looking up to trying to, you know, mimic their style or, because um, you got a pretty fucking unique style. Like, <laughs> thanks. people can, you know. Yeah. Unique is, is, is a compliment too, you know, like yeah, it's right. like, you know, you, you know, people want to, I want to surf like hockey or current. And it's like, you know, there's so much more than trying to mimic a style. It's physique and it's body stature. And it's like, there's all yeah. these little variables that kind of sure. like, well, you kind of could try, but unless you're built like that person and you, right. you know, really yeah. have yeah. those similarities. I mean, like you doing know, hockey, like splitting images, except <laughs> yeah. you're a little shorter. You no, know you know what I mean? Like when, cause you we watch a lot of surfing. Yeah. And dude, we're fucking surfers. Dude, we're fucking surfers. And when you s- watch, that is. you know, you see similarities, a lot of similarities, you know, throughout surfing. But then there's certain guys that kind of like, no one surfs like him or he doesn't surf like anybody, you know? And Micah definitely For doesn't sure. surf like <clears throat> anybody. Well, 
I mean, he's he's not, you know, from what I remember, and still to this day, is like, you're not this like powerhouse, but yet you surf powerful. Like, because yeah. I think it's speed and technique and where you place your board. And yeah. I mean, you could look at like a Felipe Toledo, you know, you could look at like a Rob Machado. They're so fat. I mean, speed is everything, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but to develop your own unique yeah. style, that's pretty rare. Right. Yeah. And no, thank you. So who are you? Who are you? Uh, like who you're watching on videos? I, like a lot. I grew up watching a ton of Curran, no matter what. Right. That was my dad's like <laughs> strict diet of Curran, you know, growing up, which was sick, and I love him to this day. But I never tried to emulate it. But then uh, my favorite server growing up was Ross Williams, and I served nothing like him. I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, but like. Shane and Ross, right? And it was cool because they were like best friends. They rode for Billabong, mm -hmm. and myself and Peter Labrador were best friends and rode for Billabong. So, like in our heads, we're like, we're gonna be we're the next two guys. Yeah, we're the we're like the next yeah. Shane and Ross. Like yeah. this is us. And like I said, watching Sons of Fun million and one times <coughs> over and over again, and watching those two. Um, but then I'd surf with like like again everybody at the pier or um, Chris Ward. You know, I got to watch surf a lot. I grew up in surfing in the Saves with him. He's a couple years older than me, but, you know, I even, in particular, my dad would, and I would drive him home from a lot of events, because he'd have a ride there in the morning from somebody, but then that person loses, but Wardo's making the final. For right? sure, yeah. And, then, and I was usually making the final in the division under him, so he'd always like, hey, Ralph, can, can I, you know, can you drop me off on your way home? Yeah. You know, from San Diego to my house, and so we do that. So I got to watch him in person a lot back yeah. in the day. He was, a, he was a child, like a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. Prodigy, Beyond free, prodigy. Yeah. yeah, like even going back to his what's really going wrong. Like he was built like sixteen. Yeah, he built he he bulked up like quick yeah. early. You know, as, yeah. whole, as far as like man child almost, mm -hmm. and just <clears throat> I remember one. This is a weird, weird one that just popped up in my head, but I remember. Surfing lowers one day is Cordell, Chris Ward, and JJ. Fuck, I forget his last name. JJ something. You guys know who I'm talking about, though. You, I know who you're talking about. I don't yeah. even know. His. It was those three dudes. Cordell, did I say Cordell? Yeah. Yeah, those three were like under some stick hunt. And I was like, you know, I'm older, right? And, and I see those guys, I'm like, Fuck, man! What a great like lifestyle those mm -hmm. kids have, right? Yeah. Posted and, up and all three of them, you know, are mm -hmm. one of California's, if not the world's, best surfers at trestles. You know, yeah. you're like, damn. But anyways, um, so you're you're surfing Newport, you're surfing Huntington. Yeah. Um, what was your first like big surf trip? When I was 12, I went to Costa Rica without my parents, wow. which is cool. Yep. Yeah. With, with just a crew or another family? Yeah, and I don't know how team? I got linked up, but it was it was Jerry Lehman, you know, who's yeah. back around doing stuff. Yeah. Um, he, uh, yeah, he put this trip together and... Um, he's a Newport guy, kind of. I think... He's yeah, more Newport part, than Huntington, right? Yeah, he's, he's at Huntington. Huntington. Yeah, he's, he's Huntington. He, he was kind of both. Okay. Yeah, one of those guys that was like... You would see him at, wherever it's good. He was there, yeah. Like you yeah. know, but he wasn't like a diehard specific. The Arizona, he is a way cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. And this new U.S. pro am tour. Yeah, I saw him out not too long ago. Maybe at even lowers. He's like, yeah, I live in Arizona. I just fly out. I just, you know, I just come out for like three or four days when they're yeah. swell, and then I go back. Like, yeah, you know, live in the kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, still talk with him. I'll see him surfing. 
But yeah, so he took me when I was 12. Um, that was my first international trip. And then shortly after that, I went to Bali on another trip. Wow. Which was like a chaotic, gnarliest trip with like little to no chaperones. <laughs> it was hectic. We were 12 and 13 and just going mad. Seeing the world at yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah. No parent. Yeah. No parent. Passport. Just like what? Like 18, 20-year-old chaperone? Like we actually technically went for the ISA for the worlds. And it was a Bruce Hopkins trip. Remember that guy? He's an older gentleman. He was like 80 at the time, but still so with it. But he was heavily involved in surf and ISA stuff back in the day. But huh. that was a trip of like older guys like Pascal Stanfield was on it and Brendan really? Hearn. But then like myself... Ben Knight, John Robertson, Taylor Evans, like good rad crew of younger guys. And yeah, that was another, that was my first like big, big international trip. To Bali. Yeah. 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 And how was it? It was sick. Yeah. We surfed, we surfed, we got like epic being in Ulu's and then we were staying at Kuda on the beach because we had, we all surfed in the ISA event that was there. At Kuda, Um, halfway or somewhere. Yeah. And Parco won that year. I remember. Of course they did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I remember thinking I was good, and he's barely older than me, but I remember thinking I was like kind of the shit, and then I show up and watch this guy surf. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude, what planet is this guy from? I First time I saw him was like West Oz, and West Oz is like no man's land. You know, you're like dirt roads, you show up, okay, hang a lot. You know, you, sh- you know, when you get down, you could see the spots. We were surfing, and I mean, it was a pretty small day. And we just looked down the beach. There's like three dudes in the water, like, you know, a few hundred yards down the beach, surfing this little, like, reef peak. And just spray to the freaking, you know, the clouds and just air reverses. And we're like, who's that? And then somebody's like, yeah, it's this kid, you know, Parker, who's like 15. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, like, just that guy's 15 and he's doing, like, it was just, what the frick is going yeah, yeah. on? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, next level. Yeah. So you, you, he won and... You guys, who was on like the Cal or the uh, not California yeah, American team? It was like everyone I said, like it was, yeah, John Robertson, like Brendan Hearn, Pascal, hey, I forget who else. A couple older guys, I'm kind of blinking on their names, but some good surfers. Yeah. But it was kind of just a thrown together trip, you know. We didn't really have like a proper team set up. There were no tryouts. It was just kind of a combo trip you know we got and the isa wasn't really a big thing kind of like what not it is for today us. Yeah, yeah definitely not for the u.s definitely seemed like it was for other australia <laughs> yeah and other countries how many boards did you bring in i don't remember at all maybe four i would guess yeah. you know not a lot back then not like when i became older. how crazy is that to go to bali at 13 years old 12 13 it was gnarly and we were like Again, we had like little to no chaperone, so we were like going out late. We're going out to the clubs, yeah. like, <laughs> and, and that was dangerous Bali times. That's not today, yeah. Even ten years ago, Bali. This is, oh man, this is like thirty years ago. Yeah, Bali. so it crazy. was gnarly back then. You probably know, like, really. It was yeah. sketchy. There's the pickpocketing, the muggings, like all the stuff was. Yeah, hectic. it was definitely like you got you had to be yeah. You gotta be with a crew, or yeah, you better be big, or you better you not go out. Yeah. How how did you do? It. In the Couple. contest, uh-huh. I don't remember. I think I made a couple heats, you know, but I nothing of significance. Yeah, what an incredible fucking first international trip to Bali. Yeah, because that's everyone's dream. It was, yeah. it was Costa Rica, incredible. Bali. I mean, if you talk to any surfer, they're like that's bucket list, or they've been there like multiple times. You yeah. know, yep. like yeah, totally. So um, so then. 
back to California surfing NSAs. Yeah. Yeah, I was racking up the titles, you know. I mean, my, I, again, it, it came naturally, thankfully. Um, but I just was doing really well. And I, I don't remember my first, like, signed contract, I would guess, around 11, maybe 12. Because I remember doing the math every time I won an NSSA. And I knew that was going to be, like, I forget, 30 bucks or something per season, seasonal win. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do my little invoice up with my dad and send it in to get my check, you know? And I started just accruing a little bit of money, you know? It was insane. Yeah. It was really As an cool. amateur. As an amateur, did, yeah. Did Billabong pay for the events? Or your parents paid? Um, in the beginning, obviously, my parents, but they, they started paying pretty soon. I think yeah. by the time I was 12, I think I had, like, a nice little, like, okay, you know, basically bulk entry, all your all your events are paid and then you get this um contest incentive per event plus a little more for national see and, and that's I, I love talking about this because like today like you know you're either you know making six figures at 15 because you're just that like marquee like you know freaking free or you're just maybe getting a box of clothes every few months yeah. you know there's that no workhorse like at least that i don't know like you know talking to a couple marketing people it's changing now yeah like it's, it's changed, changed you know like yeah, I mean, it's. I, I know parents that that their kids are surfing contests every weekend, and I know it was expensive when I was a kid, and they're yeah. dropping. Parents are dropping a lot of money. It's way more now. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's way more now. Yeah, but you know, I don't think the the sponsors are like, look, we're going to cover your contest expenses and like hotel or you know, give you yeah. a, a winning incentive. It's like, yeah. just kind of there's this weird gap. Yeah, pay there is. Or support. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when we were kids, like, yeah, same thing. Like, Quicksilver's like, you know, hey, send us all your, you know. Receipts. They, they would just bulk write checks for the entire season. It's open, explore, and like, hey, yeah. you want to do some, you know, like, they, they would just, everything was co covered. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was like, my parents were fucking, one thing, they get closed, but then they're like, not Close having. then contest fees? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's membership fees too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a membership fee for everything. For, yeah. Yeah, but, for sure. But it was, you know, it took a lot of pressure off, like the parents and us and everything. You know, yeah. like yeah. not because you know, oh, I don't know, can I do the contest? Like, did, did you start focusing on getting coverage, like meet, uh, photos and video? No, not till much later. You know, but I remember like it became pretty serious when kind of out of the blue. I think I was fourteen, maybe fifteen. Todd Miller called us from Quicksilver and was like, hey, dude, like, I want you. Come over here. I'm, I'm going to offer you two grand a month. Wow. And it was like big money. You know, yeah. I think maybe at that point I was getting 500 a month or something. From You're right Billabong. for Billabong still. Yeah. And then uh, we brought that offer to, to Gomez and Billabong and they were just like, you know, no, sorry. And later, Todd Miller, obviously, who's a good buddy of mine still, he later said, dude, Bob, Bob called me. He was pissed. He yeah. like yelled at me. You know what I mean? Like, why are you trying to steal Micah from us? Yeah. But yeah, so kind of helps him get Miller a little bit, like, because, yeah, he's the one who put the fire under Billabong's butts and step it up. Yeah. So, yeah, so they matched it. So that's at, like, 15, I think, is when I got that first, like, pretty substantial contract. So yeah. And freshman year, like... Plus all the incentives, you know, I'm making like well over thirty grand a year as a freshman. You're just fucking like in ninth grade. Chilling. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> and your parents are just like, what the? And, fuck and you're, 
making the podium every weekend pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. you, I mean, I remember seeing the magazines and seeing you surfing when I was at HSS. Yeah. I don't think you wrote for HSS yet. I, I started when I was 13. Okay. So I left Surfside finally, came over to the... To ben, was Ben Will the... Uh, ben Will was the manager. Yeah, yeah. That was a big reason, right? Like yeah. Ben's been a longtime friend as well, legend of a human, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, that was the kind of the good old surfing sport days too when Jans was still inside mm-hmm. and then it was like, I'd go in there at closings even and hang out with you, Lyndon, and, and Ben Will and Spags yeah. Like this whole sick crew, you know, that were yeah. running the shop day yeah. to day, dude. It was it was, it awesome. was so much fun. But I, yeah, like going back to that Todd Miller, like it's so funny and it's so awesome because we know Todd, yes. right? And you know, he his intention was probably just to get you paid. You know, like sure. Sure, yeah, he wanted you to ride for Quicksilver, yeah. but he knew that that, you know, move, it's a chess move, right? Like, he knew that, okay, this kid could ride for Quicksilver, but he could ride for Billabong and make the money that he should start making, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah, And I then you, like, think about it, like, ninth grade, you're 14, 15, yeah, 14 15. years old, yeah. and you're making two grand from one sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking gnarly. Like when people hear that, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's crazy because I always bring it up. It's like your experiences, right? Like our guests' experiences. It's it's nuts because there's not very many people in the world that get to experience that, right? You know? Yeah. No, you're true. Were your parents good at like, hey, like? You can't spend this, you save it. Like you, they were on. Yeah, no. Yeah. My dad, like, even I meant to say it earlier, but even in the Surfside days, like I get that paycheck, fifty-one bucks from that killer day because I get paid out at the end of the day, and I want. I'm like, dude, look at that new skateboard deck on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the skate, we're like, oh, you know, snow season's coming up. Look at this new board that just came into their six snowboard section. And my dad is like, dude. Give me that, put it in the bank. Well, half. He was yeah, like, hey, yeah. you earned this. Like, you did the work, so it's yours. But 50% of everything you get goes in the bank, you know? Yeah. So he instilled that in me starting at, like, 9 and 10. Which yeah. is so important. Which so was super important. important. So by the time I was, like, yeah, ninth grade and got getting making over 30 grand a year, it was like everything so, so was going in the when bank. when you told your dad, hey, dad, Miller and Quicksilver are going to pay me two grand a month. Well, they called him, right? Back in the day, like, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So they were calling my dad. So my dad's the one who told me. And I was just like, what? Yeah. What? Excuse me? And your dad's a fucking blue-collar, totally. hard-working plumber. Back then, he was making thirty-five grand a year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that long yeah. ago, doing plumbing. So, yeah, he was just like, this is incredible. He's like, my, my 14-year-old's going to make almost as much as I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, it's, you know, it's not going to last forever. So it's, like, really smart to... To like look put it away, yeah, put it away, yeah. and you know, like be responsible, yeah. you know, yeah. But like the next year, I turned 16, you know, but they actually went out and surprised me with my money and bought, you know, myself a forum for my birthday, which was rad, but I paid for it. But they still surprised me, with yeah. it, which is cool, yeah, which is super cool. So I had like a sick, brand new 1998 
Forerunner, you yeah. know, when I rode for my very first car, which was red too. Yeah. yeah. But back then, the new Forerunner was. And you went to Huntington Beach High School. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I went, I, you know, I grew up on the other side of town, but I transferred. Yeah. So yeah, dude. Uh, team captain. Yeah. Undefeated 1999 year. Wouldn't you guys go run all. Well, one of those. Not, I don't think towards the end, maybe 98. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. We talk about how. You know, living at the beach has its perks, but like when you when you work in the the school aspect of it, and you're like, wait, you get to miss school to surf, and it's part counts as like a yeah. grade, and you don't yeah. have to do PE, and you get to show up late, and yeah. yeah, again, another thing that not very many people in this world get the experience is like, here you are, you're you're, you're a child prodigy too, you know what I mean? Like you're killing it. Yeah, you're you're, be- you're beating the best in the nation, like. You know, so you're, yeah, you're, you know, the, the, the future is promising. Like, yeah. what age were you like, I'm going to be a pro, like, right. 12, 11, Probably, 13? yeah, I was pretty, pretty in at an early you're age, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Looking at the mags, like, I want to be that guy, I want to go there, I want to be that guy. Yeah, I think, though, again, getting that big contract, I was like, well, this is happening. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, I had friends, you know, they're busting their butts working in the back of kitchens for minimum wage, whatever it was back then. And I'm just sitting back, never working, collecting checks. You know, I'm watching like Ben Knight put three bucks at a time. Back then, it was three gallons in his tank. You know, I'm like, fill it up, premium. Let's yeah. go. You know? Yeah. It was it was crazy. So crazy. Really cool. Yeah, I I, I, think... I, I've, I've, I have you know supported a lot of drinks and food and ga- you know like because yeah. that's what you yeah. do. You're not Lars making a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, yeah, you just Lars have. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was just going to say. I don't think it was like, I don't think I was ever a dick about it. You know, yeah. I wasn't no. flaunting my number money in a horrible way. Is you know. Dude, yeah. you want to hang out with your boys and have a good time. Like, whatever. that's yeah. kind of the end of the, you yeah. know, like, it's kind of fun. And also, let's talk about, like, Huntington, you know, J-Law, like, people that have come out of Huntington, right? Like, you got fucking Bud Lamas, you know, yeah. So there was like, you know, we, we touched on this a few times. So Bud was obviously the biggest, you know, name within that like 80s, you know, after generation, like, dude, dominated. Yeah. You know, when, big, when competitive surfing was kind of starting to. Big name. Yeah. And then after him, there was, you know, whether it's Parman or a little bit, but then it was Colby Outlaw and he faded because he got into drugs and then it was like. Pretty much the Deffenbaugh brothers were like yeah. kind of the next, you know, Lloyd, Kirk Tice, like Kirk Tice did well in the contest, and Bobby Lockhart, you know, there's guys that were doing the QS a yeah. little bit back then. Yeah. But it was like, they're, you know, n- n- the big, big. Not guys. on the level. Yeah. yeah. Like D-Ball after, you know, was probably the most, you know, next most successful surfer. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a gap, and then it was like, you know, Timmy Reyes and, you know, Simpson, you know, like, there, yeah. it just seems like. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of great talent of guys we never, you know, bring up. If you, you mentioned just rippers, yeah. But to to crack that code of, yeah, you know, being marketable and having the it factor or being yeah. able to like like getting the mags or getting the mags, like there's so many videos, variables. You're like, holy shit! Like Huntington is producing. But going back to Huntington Beach High School, yeah, uh, you know. That's such a, you know, both of you guys went there and, and surfed for Huntington Beach High School. And we're done. During, during those times, you guys were still dominant, right? Yes. Like, 
Huntington Beach High School was beating everybody. That's I think right. from like, yeah, like 13 years straight, they either won like, or maybe one out of like 15, 13 or 15 oh, years. I want to say 17. Yeah. Or 17, yeah. yeah it was 17 like, straight. It was like a crazy run. Yeah. Kind of until I was in high school when we started having a shocker. We lost our mojo, you know, and these other schools came up really strong. Yeah, and I don't even know if it, you lost your mojo. I mean, it's just, it, it, you got to have a team of 12, you know, for four, you know, yeah. so you, you're only yeah. as good as who's. Is that when St. Clemente started yeah. coming on? Yeah, and even some of the San Diego schools yeah. as well. I remember. Encinitas. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, you didn't really meet those other teams until like the finals. NSSA like high school championships right really like we, we would just compete within your CIF bracket which would be you know like local schools yeah but yeah. we would uh, what was uh, Manhattan Hermosa uh, uh, Miracosa. Miracosa yeah we compete against them I remember yeah. going up there yeah. Uh, yeah we did too yeah but um but yeah it was a full CIF sanctioned like you know like event structure yeah. and I mean I, you just wanted to make it to the nationals because it was at my time it was at lowers yeah Huntington and then lowers yeah. you and Timmy are the same age or yeah okay yeah yeah you sparred with him yeah yeah a lot and Bobby Martinez you know was another one and although we're all good friends like we'd all I'd go up and stay at Bobby's house he'd stay at mine down here but that like definitely us and Anthony Petruso is another really oh, big yeah. one, you know. He's, he's definite him and I even more. So again, totally friends on the beach, but like he was my main competition for a really long time as well. Yeah. Mike Lossness a little later on too. He started surfing a little later, but caught up freaking quick, guys <laughs> gnarly. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of like awesome good sparring partners over the years. And that's what's awesome too, is you have your, your group of you know, like locals and high school buddies and people you surf with on a daily that rip or maybe do some of the events and then you have your your boys that you, you know, met through surfing that live elsewhere, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And those are equally as like, you know, awesome relationships and, and stuff because, you know, you're kind of going on this, you know, path of like, we're going to all be pro and traveling together on a, you know, the world circuit. Yep. You know? Yeah. Like, just like you, we'd host them all, right? We'd yeah. host each other, you know? I had Barca staying at my house a lot and Amaya Goodwin and Jesse Merle and like all these cool, rad people. And then we'd circulate and I'd stay with them, you know, when I'm in their hood and whatever else. It was always so much fun. Yeah. Man, I miss it. Couch surfing. It was so fun. <laughs> right? You know, like barbecues, shenanigans. Yeah. yeah, just same with going to the East Coast. You know what I mean? I remember staying at plenty of people's houses on the East Coast and just so rough. What uh, did you do? Were you offered to do, or did you try out for the national team? Like, what was it like? Because I knew it kind of like. Yeah, it kind of fizzled when I was coming up into of age. You know it what became I mean? more of just a U.S. team and like. Even the, just all that team stuff didn't seem to be a big thing on my radar. It didn't yeah. seem to be a big thing at the time at all. Like the, the national team was going a little bit, but it just it wasn't something that I felt like I was dying to be a part of. You know, yeah. and same with I don't really remember the U.S. team either. Yeah, it was really popular in the national team and it's to say national team when I was probably that like 13 to 15, you know, or maybe, you know, even younger, but I just didn't really, wasn't privy of it. I just didn't really know. And then, but when I was about that 15, I was like, I, it just was kind of like, 
I don't want to put those stickers. I don't want body glove and this. Right. You know, I want you know, I was right. I want just Quicksilver. I want to just be Quicksilver. Yeah, guy. yeah. And uh, it kind of felt like after that, everybody was turning pro young and doing other stuff, and it just kind of like you said, lo lo lost its luster a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I just didn't know if they kind of you know picked back up because it seems you know now it's you know the U.S. Team yeah. going there, I say it's like yeah. you know it's totally really important. I, I feel like I see a lot of amateur surfing now. I don't mm -hmm. know if I pay more attention to it, but it just seems like there's like you know USA Prime, WSA, CCSA, you know NSSA. There's, there's a lot of contests. Yeah, there are for sure, but I think I think just social media is a big part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're probably following more younger guys yeah. than you normally would outside of your kids, right? So yeah. It's like, yeah, but they, they've always been going, you know, there was always different tiers of events going on. That yeah, like the World Juniors, you know, there would be like three of those, like, you know, there'd be the OP Pro Junior, and then there would be the, like, Newcastle, not Newcastle, maybe Narabin, and then there would be... say, yeah, the O&E Pro Junior. Yeah, there would only be a few of those, and you yeah. had to, it was like really hard to get into those. Mm -hmm. so what was your uh, game plan of turning pro? So, in my head, it was always to do what everyone else did, which was go on the QS, you know, and be on the tour. But then, so, Jeff Hurley became the team manager at Billabong. And, or maybe, it was after, I think it was when Bob started Hurley, he brought a select few of us over from Billabong to Hurley. Yeah. And I was one of them, which was really cool, along with, like, the Malloy brothers, and again, Peter Labrador at the time, and plenty of others. Mike yeah. Todd, um, and but then Jeff was the team manager at that time, and Jeff sat me down, and he's like, "Look, we have a million people on the QS right now, but we don't have a lot of like free surfers and you know, photo photo surfers. So if you want to do that for a while and see how you like it, like be more than happy to keep you on your same salary." Which I think then, by that time, like 18, it was probably like four or five grand a month. Um, there, He's like, just, we're happy to have you travel and take photos and video and, and do your thing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you, yeah. excuse me? Yeah. Like, heck, yeah, are you kidding me? To travel with all my friends yeah. and still make all the money and like do these killer trips and take like so much pressure off? Why not? Like, yeah. I'm in. Well, the U.S. They were the, the everything was going through a funky phase too. There wasn't like a lot of money going into the contest. Well, you scene. still had PSAs, right? Then not no. at this time. No. Okay. Like there was only a couple of events. Like they were scrambling even to hold the Coldwater Classic once a year and and the and the Huntington whatever sponsor it was. Because that was ninety nine, right? Yeah, this would have been like ninety nine two. And then like lowers, there was only a handful. Like maybe four events in California throughout the year where yeah. it went from like 12 to four, you know. Did you right. do the the Benji Weatherly Bud? Didn't he have like a, uh, a contest series with Bud Light? I don't think so. I think he did. He did. He yeah. had something, but then there was like the game going on at that time too. Yeah. Gerlach. There was like a bunch of different things. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was not. You were a good competitive surfer. Yeah, I think it took a lot of people by surprise, you know. I think my, took the, I know my dad was really bummed. He you, was just you weren't like, pursuing the, yeah, the contest scene? Yeah, even like like a Janice and Gaylene, you know, or like, why, Micah? Like, yeah. why aren't you 
well, you're like, you know, they yeah, you had some amazing everything. compliments from yeah. me. Like, why you're one of the best competitors, you know, and this and that. But yeah, I just, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't my North Star at that point. And not just because what Jeff told me, but I think over the years I had been in it for a really long time. I yeah. just wasn't, I wasn't surfing like twice a day, every day for six hours, you know what I mean? And yeah. doing the whole thing. I just was a little, I, I loved I loved it, but I wasn't in love with it. I don't know. Some of you tell a, a girlfriend or something. Yeah. That was, it was a weird situation where... Because your other your peers are, are... I'm sure you're hanging out with other pro surfers that are fully committed to doing the QS. And, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? And were you, uh, you know, like fitness wasn't really part of the routine? No. You know? Was yeah. it... Was was your generation starting to implement that kind of like workout fitness? Nah, no, no, not yet. No, it really wasn't. You know, back then, like so. Again, my guys who went on to do well are like Bobby Martinez and Fred Patacia. You know, guys like that. But it took them a while to find their success. You know yeah. what I mean? Both of them. Like, yeah. it took them a lot. Like, not just they didn't qualify at 18, 19, 20. You know, it was a little bit later. Yeah. They went on to be super successful, obviously. Now, but did you trip? at how well Timmy Reyes did? Yes and no. Like, some of the time, yes. Some of the time, no. You know, he always had balls. Yeah. He was always... Charging. Never hard. scared, dude. Yeah. Never scared. Um, but yeah, like, because even through our, like, teenage years, he wasn't, like, anything mind-blowing. You know what yeah. I mean? I think, I think it was him that we were both... I was winning the entire season of the Open Men's and this is say my last year, but in the very last event, I'd got stitches before it and didn't surf, and I lost my first round heat, and he won the season in that last event. But like before that, he was really never on the radar when we were young, yeah. you know? So just, and I even when we first became friends in like third grade, I remember going to Blackie's and my dad taking us, and Timmy's in the whitewash, you know, learning how to stand up, and I'm out the back like doing roundhouse cutbacks, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, he's just a little late to the party, but. He, he, like, through high school in particular, I remember, he was, like, focused. You know, like, surfing was his life. Eat, breathe, sleep. High school, for me, was yeah. a little more spreading the love. You know what I mean? I was hanging out with friends and girlfriends yeah. and whatever else. Living, like, kind living of, adolescence. Yes, exactly. So I think there was kind of a, that was the time when I kind of strayed from being, like, so focused on that and just living yeah. more of a balanced it's, life it's a trip that you got that opportunity to be a free surfer right yeah because if you would have focused you probably could have done well too if, if you wanted to be a contest surfer yeah right because yeah. you had it right i mean you were doing it yeah you you knew how to win heat right yeah and, but it's it, but you know, you, you, you look at the guys that you're competing with, whether it's the Fred Patashas or the Bobby Martinez or X, Y, you know, like... Those are guys, gnarly dudes. Gnarly dudes, and they're so, not having, like, great success, like, right off the bat. So if somebody's sitting, like, look, you know... If you, yeah, no, his, don't, get, don't get me wrong. His eyes, like, dude, these guys aren't, like, making the tour right away, and they're gnarly, like, and I'm going to get paid the same if, you know, and go sort of good ways. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it definitely throws you into a 
a different spin of yeah. like, wow, this is kind of totally. But, but like you said, you know, your dad, Janice and Gaylene, uh, like, yeah. they watch you, yeah. you know, uh, become this like competitive machine. Yeah. Like you're, I mean, even to this day at Board Riders Club, like, you know, yeah. we know that Mike is going to fucking get a score, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's funny to hear it after all these years of, of like watching your career, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm not, like, what, I'm not bummed or not, like, belittling what you've done, yeah, but yeah. it's just, it's funny to hear, finally, when, when that competitive right. mindset was, like, taken away. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it was taken away, but you got the opportunity to do something else, which I would say 90%, 95% of everyone else would have done the same thing. Right. Right. Well, the no. magazines, there's so much money going in the magazines, and there's so many killer trips going in planning. You have Burley yeah. on your board or whatever, yeah. and they're like, dude, you want to go here? You want to go there? Hey, this trip's going on. And, yeah. you know, there was no shortage of, like, just you're hopping on a plane all the time going somewhere yeah. to do, you know, essentially just going on a surf trip with your bros. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's the that's the dream right there. Yeah. You know, the, the contest making heats, that's part of the dream for some and it's yeah. part of and, and it's it's great because you you perform in front of a lot of people and you get rewarded and the, the competitive side is awesome but yeah. yeah you know getting spit out of a barrel in the middle of nowhere or doing a crazy you know like yeah that's like yeah you know the surfers and it made dream. it dude would you rather be barreled and indo or do the hunt and hop yeah or 100 <laughs> yeah well, and, and, that, and that's just it and that was the time when you know timmy and Timmy Turner and Brett Schwartz, Travis Potter, putting out second thoughts. That's oh, yeah. when our whole Huntington crew with Tipton and Ryan Turner and Ben Knight and like yeah. this whole posse are like traveling deep and thick through Indo for three to six months at a time. And it was like the Were best memories of my too? life. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was like incredible times. I wouldn't trade it. And I said, and I have to this day, like not a, not even one percent of regret. You know, I just yeah. think. It wasn't just what Jeff Hurley, when he gave me the, the you know the choice, it was like I, it had been leading up to that. I think where I was just losing the mojo, you yeah. know, for just dead set contests because I never stopped doing them either. You know, I'd still do the Europe leg. Like, I'd do France, which is such a fun leg to do, yeah. as you know. Like I'd go there and compete and do three QSs, and then I do you know events around home too. Um, so I, I I didn't just totally lose the bug, but to be on that grind, yeah. Day, uh, year in and out, you know, yeah. and I, I even remember like, and to do that grind, knowing that your your uh, salary depended on it. Yeah, well, and I would suck. Would suck, and yeah. I remember it got to a point with Freddie. I remember the story that Quicksilver told him, like, if you don't qualify this year, you're done. You're yeah, you're up. But he qualified that year. You know what I mean? And came through. I'm, yeah. Um, I, I just I wasn't yeah I wasn't in need of that pressure. I didn't want it. You know, like those guys did in the first place. So why would I waste my sponsor's money and my time to do that? Yeah. So, it's so yeah. I mean, like again, there's so much surfing was blowing up. There's so much money, and then there was like move all these movies, and then magazines were huge. You know, like yeah. it was just a, a heyday of like yeah, like a Hurley doesn't need 20 kids on you know 20 guys on on tour. Yeah. You know, or trying to make the tour. Yep. You know, so yep. when who came up with 
the idea to, to do the Indo trip and be fucking feral. That's like the Timmy, Timmy yeah. and Ryan and those guys. You know, they, they did second thoughts the year it was when I was still in school. All those guys are a year older than me, some some of them too. But they did that trip when I was still stuck in school, you know, and doing the thing. I, I was dying with yeah. all my buddies there. So the very first year I could, boom, I was out for six months. Yeah. And went to Indo and just never came home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and then got to be with those guys on a million other super fun adventures all over Indo. Top so to bottom. Good. It was incredible. What uh, what was one of your like highlight photos, like editorial? Like, I mean, I know I've seen tons of pictures of you in the magazines in the day. Like, was there a trip that you guys you scored and you're like? I mean, so many of my favorite times, I think, were like off the record scoring. Yeah. You know, with with the Huntington crew, like at Lake Ease or at One Palm, with no one but us, because we'd have these, these downtime and we'd just kind of chase swells out of Jakarta and like we can just go hang in Bali and decompress for 10 days and relax yeah. or are we going to like go to North Sumatra or West Java or like wherever we were going to go but um, and some of the time we just wouldn't have much to do so we'd go out on a boat by ourselves so there's just a lot of kind of just all good times but we'd post up at Lakey Peak it was before so this phones. Is after high school yeah before phones yeah. and all that stuff and I have a lot of memories of just the sun setting and all of us playing volleyball on the beach with the locals and just having the best time, not FOMOing out about anything else in the world. You know, yeah. no one was married, no one had kids. Everyone was just in a place. I, I took a lot of photos back then. You know, yeah. I had a cool little like A2 film camera, and I just enjoy the moment. You know, I think there was yeah. a lot more of living in and enjoying the moment that you're in that kids these days do not get yeah. whatsoever. That yeah. sounds kind of glorious. Cause it, it's like you're you're not roughing it, but you're you're you are in today's standards. And oh, would, people would trip, but like yeah. you know, at the time it was like you wouldn't I'm have in, it. I'm in, in, but you just expected like like you, yeah. you yes. know there was no. There's some this, cold water are, and cold uh, beers. Yeah. You're, what else do you need? Well, we do it on purpose. You know, I'm try, again. I had money, but yeah. my friends did. My friends, you know, like. Timmy and Ryan Turner, Brett Schwartz, Ben, they would work their asses off all year, save up all their money, and then and then go there, and they're living off a tight budget. You yeah. know? See, we weren't always staying at the nice no. AC yeah. place at Lakey Peak. We're staying at Fat Maws down the way for $2 a night Yeah. with, like, sketchy mosquito nets and a broken fan. And Mike has got, yeah. Mike has got his gold card. He's like, dang, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys later. But I was happy, like, and just, yeah, yeah living on a tight budget. It was fine. It was yeah. It was, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, you, on, on paper and in, a, you know, in today's terms, you'd be tripping. But back then, you're like, that's You'd go back and do it, it again. Like, Heck that, yeah. You know, the, we wouldn't even, you know, like the, the boat to get to Lakey Peak and Sambawa was like, you know, it was like hierarchy. There was like like airplane chairs in like one floor where you could pay and you get a chair, like, you know, like a, and then there's, you know, the kind of free for all and then there's the freaking storage and animal like floor. Right. And well, it, even before that, we it, were taking the bus over too. Yeah. Oh, that was even worse. I, I would say I, I was a little spoiled over there, like hanging with Rizal and the crew because like, they never, they had everything was dialed. Never had to rough it too hard with them, yeah. but but still, you were the prince. You were with the prince. I, of we got. Yeah, you were definitely very fortunate yeah. to like 
yeah, Heck yeah. slide slide in. Yeah. I just sit back like, where are we? What are we doing? Okay, cool. I just so so after Hurley, was it Maddox then? Yeah, exactly. So I had an amazing time riding for them till I was 24, 25. But then Pat O'Connell was the team manager. Pat calls me in for a meeting for Hurley. For Hurley, and he's like, you know, so you know, you know, you're kind of getting older, and like we're happy, but like. The long story short, the truth was, a young man by the name of Brett Simpson. Oh. And it's like, and I knew, yeah. I'm not dumb, you know. My dad wasn't involved. I never had a manager. You know, my dad helped me when I was young, and then I became my own advocate, yeah. my own manager. But yeah, I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I, like, I know. Like, guys, the shit, I love him too. Yeah. You know, but he, he didn't quite come out and say that he's trying to be nice, Pat. Yeah. You know, he was, but... The, the deal was if I stayed with them, they were going to chop my five grand a month in half down to 2500 But basically making way for Brett, yeah. you know? Um, so that's when I started making a few phone calls. And Brandy Faber had sponsored me for DBS starting when I was 15. And I even was doing trips with Brandy for the magazines because he was a free surfer. So, and I knew he was over at Podium running Maddox as well. And... Uh, I gave him a call and sure enough he's like dude how about you come over here and you're gonna have to take on a little more of a back-end role you know and be my kind of like help you know help me be the team manager over here you know which is a blessing in disguise too yeah. you know because huge. like Heck to get yeah. that experience yeah. and still be able to be a surfer at it's, the same time is huge exactly yeah and so, your nemesis was on the team right who's that was Petruso on the team? Uh, was a little gone? later, a little later, okay. but we were we were homies, you know. Again, like yeah, we we were we were all good, but yeah. So that kind of led into. So you it. helped burden his workload a little bit. You had a title, but you got to serve mm -hmm. and do everything you still were doing. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'd I'd actually go up to the office one or two days a week in Torrance, and I'd I'd be making photocopies of everyone's mag magazine photos for the month, which sometimes were my own, you know, paying out photo incentive. Um, and then other times, sometimes Brandy would come on our photo trips for the brand, you know, but other times he'd just send me and be like, hey, you're going as a surfer, but I also need you to get photos in these trunks, these trunks, these trunks, you know, I want Gabe Kling wearing these, I want Brian Toth wearing these, and yeah. Xander Morton wearing these, and then you in these, and, you know, so I'd have just, yeah, just double dip it, which yeah. is really cool. So that was how I kind of started to learn the, business the other side. side of the business. Yeah. Exactly. Epic. Exactly. Yeah. So... Because I was you're at still, that age. I think I was still there. You were when you when you came on. I was totally. working for Podium, and I, I mean, when I first came on, Maddox kind of just started, and it wasn't really anything. It was more they hadn't really dived into surf yet, mm -hmm. and I remember going, "Fuck, man, what what are these guys doing with Maddox?" You know, and then you know. Faber, I think Faber, when I was still there, or in the beginning, Faber was still kind of working with Billabong. Yep. And then eventually, him and BD partnered up, or, or BD told them, hey, we're going to, let's let's bust into the surf market. Yep. And you probably weren't on the team yet, but the way we introduced it was just novelty, right? With Gav? Yeah. Gusto Gav. Yep. And I remember just going, holy shit, like, this just my work. Yeah. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever, but oh my gosh, it it the, totally you know, worked. Kind of went viral. Skate, back then. yeah, skate a skate brand going into the surf, 
with a fictitious, you know, kook, kook character <laughs> yeah. riding a jet ski in a pool, yeah. and his bullet. name was Gusto Gap. Yeah. And then Dennis. everything that came after that, you're just like, what? Because it was just tongue in cheek yeah. fun. And remember we made the, the beer, the beer, the Manny sack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was basically beer holster. Yeah, like a fucking yeah, huge. You had all that. And then you came on. Were you our first like real surfer? Uh, Gabe, I think Gabe Kling was Gabe like was, your okay. first big dog, you yeah. know. And he ended up qualifying, which was huge for the brand. Yeah, you know, and legitimized us right in yeah. space, and we started getting that killer house in Hawaii on the beach, which was amazing. And yeah. Yeah, some more really Perks. good times with that whole crew. Favor, yeah. favor, for um, he he was pretty good at the business of pro surfing. He's good marketing. Right now? He good knew, marketing. Yeah, he yeah. knew it all. He was a good marketer for himself. He yeah. would tell you he was never the best surfer, but he was good at the schmoozing, good at working the angles, yeah. good at working with photographers, like actually yeah. asking them questions and listening and yeah. getting, he got a lot of photos himself too in the mags, you know, over the yeah. years. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great have, advocate at the surf mags and like yeah. flame and like, yeah. you know, like working all the like. We'll have to get him do. on the podcast too down the line because yes. yeah. I want to hear the, and I'm sure you were, the, you probably wouldn't, were there when he was courting Jordy yeah. for from Nike to DDS. Right. Like, <clears throat> yeah. It's crazy how, you know. How that went down. How he pulled it off. Yep. I mean, it's it all muddy, but, you know, <clears throat> still. Yep. To, yeah. To snatch, you know, somebody like him from a brand like Nike. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a legend. He's still, I consider him one of my very good friends and, and one of the people I consider a mentor. You yeah. know what I mean? In my life for a long time, even now. Even yeah. to this day. You know, we get to hang out a lot and we get to know. Yeah. So, so he brings you in, team manager slash team rider. Yep. And you're learning all the the, the back end of, of being a pro surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all the ins and outs, and that was really cool. So that lasted like I think four years probably. And then I think that was the time when you know stuff started getting weird at Podium. You know, I think yeah. it was a tough time for the business, but there's a lot of money, possibly you know being lost or business wasn't as good right for for a lot of that side of the business and then i got 2008 like we were heading into a crazy recession probably yeah probably about 2008 yeah um and then i got a call from another longtime friend again someone else who i consider a mentor and a legend and rob colby nice and rob was like hey i've always loved you like i'd love to get you in here and this job just popped up um, Quicksilver? for DC. Oh, DC. For, for the surf team manager. Surf marketer, whatever. And he was a president at Quicksilver for a he little bit. He was. Like, yeah. That was when they were, the full grooming was going down from Bob and he was next in line. You know? Yeah. Or in, or the guy. Yeah. I think but then he was still like next in line. Yeah. Um, but he called me in, got me in to uh, interview for this position at DC and I got it as the, so that was my first real job you know what I mean that's when I finally threw in a full time surf towel and I was uh, 29 then and, so, and like as no, Mad- no, 2010 asthmatics okay. was kind of winding down you're still that pro surf like what was your like did you have goals just like hey let's see what it doors you know as far as a career like what did you, you 
didn't have to worry about because opportunity kept opening up. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you're... Well, back then, like, I got... You want to be a pro server the rest of your life, you know, but that... Yeah, I knew that, that wasn't going to happen, yeah. right? I, um... In 2005 already, I, I got my real estate license mm -hmm. the first time with Freud. Yeah, right? me and D-Bob and you were shortly thereafter. Yeah, so Freud actually paid for me to go get my license with Shabble. Yeah. And um, I had that... <laughs> For a while, I had that as a backup plan for yeah. a really long time, you know? But, yeah, it was just, everything kind of snowballed into place, and it was kind of just too easy and perfect, you know? I kind I wasn't done yet. I was yeah. still loving the industry, every yeah. single part of it. And D.C. was a heavy, it was a big ring. Really big that, ring. That, as big or bigger than BBS at the time. Oh, yep. it was so big. Yeah. yeah. They had to hold, they had the... They had the Iron Brothers in the back. Yeah, they had the yeah. ramp. That they, had Dane. they had the yeah. They were huge. Jaden yeah. Reynolds was riding for him. Yeah, he was on right when I got there, and then it didn't work out to renew his contract, so he left to Vans. But the joke was when I started that I that dropped. Reynolds. I dropped Dane Reynolds as <laughs> soon as I got the job, but I but I didn't. But yeah, when I first started, I mean the surf budget alone was well over a million bucks. You know, for my, my little kitty to play with. Um, but that was a really cool experience because and I was... If you don't mind me asking, too, you didn't go to college, right? No. Yeah, so your your no. college was the surf industry. Yeah, absolutely. And what were you making at Maddox EDS as assistant team manager? Yeah, Maddox was like... That position, I think, was four grand a month. So, you know, I took a Plus step back. Plus expenses and yeah. Like yeah. A, you know, all the incentives yeah. to get, you know, all the free stuff and... No trades and gear and whatever like you're else. not yeah. shelling out everything you're doing for the company's covered yeah. which right. is a lot of your day-to-day -day stuff anyway yeah but i still had you know i still had all my other sponsors i was still surfing plenty of events that's when i won the vans career classic the qs that's when i won the macy's trifecta you know and it was like a ten thousand dollar bonus for winning that that's when they had the san diego surf series going down the surf ride contest series yeah. like there was a lot of money to be made you know, I made 15 grand one year just off the, I think it was the surf ride series. Just that yeah. alone. But it's, yeah. it's, you know, I'm not asked, I just wanted people to hear like, yeah. you know, like here you are, not a college grad and working, doing marketing and surfing your yeah. passion yeah. and making a decent living at it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. four grand a month is fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah, a lot yes. more than your friends that are working whatever job, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. out of high school or college. That graduated yeah. college, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it's, yeah. it can be done. Yeah. You just got to, you know, work for it. Yeah, exactly. And then, so did you get a pay raise being the DC guy? Uh, yeah, not a lot, but it went up to like 60, yeah. you know what I mean? But it was still a, a raise. It was, yeah. again, great all, company. Great company. You know, yeah. a lot of perks and it was part of, yeah, like. It was a step up. It That's totally sure. was. It yeah. totally was. Um, and my boss was Brian Pissarro, who's another, he's not in the industry anymore, but a yeah. amazing, best boss ever for that for that kind of thing. Um, but it was cool, too, because surf wasn't so big, so I'd have downtime. And I, Brian also oversaw the moto and the snow team managers. So I'd jump on to moto events and snow events. So I was going up to Mammoth, and then I was going out to, like, Glen Helen, you know, doing these races. We sponsored uh, Supercross. We sponsored the Nitro Circus guys. I'm like, 
seeing their shows in Australia and in Vegas. Like I got to do backstage pass everywhere. Totally, yeah. it was killer. Like we had so much fun. Perks like, of the job for sure. Major perks. Yeah. Major major perks. So that was fun for a long time. Yeah, and they're under that Quicksilver umbrella, which was massive. Yeah. They yeah. were. Now, did you have to learn like contracts and you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and again, I like I cut my teeth a little bit with Brandy. He mm-hmm. taught me a lot, and then when I had to start you know, working with a big legal team, you know, at Quicksilver to do all the DC. Yeah. That was when it was like. And how crazy is it? Cause you know, at that stage of the game and the, the level of, you know, pros that you're working with, you know, they're fucking gnarly. They have managers, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, how is, absolutely. How is that like? Your personalities and hierarchy of well, like. Well, the managers, dude. Yeah, and I know. Fucking agencies that you, you, you know, before, yeah. You know, I'm sure you were starting to see that, you yep. know, management. Yeah. But like when when you're talking to DC, yeah. Right? Yeah. And these athletes like Dane and Andy and Bruce wants a gold chain. Um, <laughs> right. DC gold chain in his right. contract. Because DC was gnarly back in the day. Yeah. Because we talk about it a lot, like how, you know, in, in surfing specifically, the clothing brand is the, the most, uh, lucrative contract right right and then and then it's shoes yeah or sunglasses or it's you know and now yeah now we we know it's you know energy drinks yeah but at one point in time you know shoes were huge yeah yeah and and walk us through like a contract or like when you're talking to uh an athlete you know a, a team rider you're like bro you need to do this, this. It, our logo needs to be here. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think that part I was always really uh, pretty sure of myself in because I lived on the other side. Yeah. Like, you know, I think there weren't, while there were some, there weren't a lot of team managers at the time that had truly come up as a server yeah. themselves and been yeah. through the whole entire other so side. You got a little bit more. Had. Street cred. Street cred, yeah, yeah. and confidence for yeah. that reason. So I, I felt like I knew what I was talking about. Like when when I think what the surfer is Gonna worth yeah. or they're worth, yeah. you know, if I'm talking to them or their mom or dad or their agent, you know, I, I was a lot, I was more confident. The contract thing was a little nerve wracking, you know, at times for sure when you're going through negotiations, but yeah. then the legal team would help with that and it was okay. But yeah, that, that part was was interesting, but it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Hey, you're to... fucking lucky you get a DC on your board, right? <laughs> and, and again, All right. it was... It nope, was... you don't have to name names, but maybe just give us, like, the hardest person, not names, but the hardest person or the funniest situation you ever had to deal with. If it was DC or Maddox, it doesn't matter. Uh, like, where you just went, you know, where you got off the phone, you go, fuck, dude, I, you're fucking fired. That, you, Did that ever happen? You probably say you want to say that, but then yeah. they're like they rip too hard, and there's too many. Too, too, you get you get bashed by the company. Yeah, and you know, was there ever like a situation where like, dude, there there was there are managers that I wouldn't get along with, you yeah. know, or managers that I'm just like, you're out to lunch, like your 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 cell right now is not working, your client's not that good, yeah, you're dreaming, yeah, you're like just coming down the high horse, like dude. Yeah. Yeah. Or take it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, slide it across the table. Like, um, we got four other deals. So, so like, there's, a, there's a lot of parents over the years, too, yeah. that, like, 
not even necessarily my parents, because that was my thing. It with when I became a team manager, parents were everything to me. I don't care how good little Johnny is. You know, if dad was a kook, if I didn't want to go share a beer with them at Sandy's, you know, during the during the nationals or whatever, like I don't want to sponsor the kid. Yeah. You know, it wasn't worth it to me. And the yeah. apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So if I wasn't getting a good vibe from mom or dad, like I'm out. It, yeah. was, it yeah. wouldn't be worth it. I, so And so especially more towards my time at Bill Long where I was there for a lot longer, I just had such a good crew of family, you know, is what I would call them. But the parents yeah. were like, all got along, all just amazing people who I, if I'm taking away time from my family to travel with these kids or the parents or both, yeah. Yeah. well, I'm not going to hang out with a bunch of people I don't like. Was, was there just, times where, where yeah, an athlete or their agent or their parent like you you have a, a number or you have a a, a contract for you know, sure or every in time. place and you're like here you go and then they go oh we were thinking this and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> all the time yeah there's definitely a lot of that for sure so like some again more but the good thing is is like you have people to compare it to like you know you have like your hierarchy on team yeah. and what they accomplish and what what what, what was the uh, the surfers that, getting paid? No, the ad meter thing they would run. You oh, know, exposure like, meter. Exposure meter. Yeah, 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 you know, it's like, hey, this guy, you know, yeah. is getting X, Y, and Z contest this, that, so photo, video, and you know, I think you got a blueprint of like where yeah. people should fit within that, like for that, sure, that, yeah, that structure. It's, and, yeah, and a lot of the team manager friends too. We would all talk. It's not like we. Yeah hated you know the at the next competitor we'd all kind of because it's only gonna hurt if you yeah. don't talk yeah, how funny like, is that like how many times did somebody go hey uh you, sh- you so-and-so left your office and came to me and said that they got this and you're like what yeah yeah, yeah for sure you know like that's great negotiating yeah right there. but yeah people talk it's a small industry yeah, for yeah. sure yeah. you know and you want to be so how long were you at straight DC up for? so dc was just two years okay yeah and then, you know, they were going through weird stuff, and the, the dude um, from Disney came over. Ugh, I Mooney. his name, Mooney. Dick and, Mooney. And he, uh, so <laughs> my story about him is that we had a town hall meeting, you know, and they always serve beers during him at Quick, and we're all standing around having a beer. There's a group of us, and he comes over into our little group, and he starts talking, and he's like, hey, you know, where do you guys work? And me and my buddy are like, oh, you know, D.C., and he's like, okay, tell me this. Why the hell does DC have a surf team? And he doesn't know. He didn't ask what we did. And we're just sitting there blank. And he's like, that's the first thing I'm doing is cutting the surf team at DC. It's gone. And he walked away, pretty much. And we're just going, wow. oh, did that really just happen? And I felt I, felt I had this like out-of-body experience, you know, where yeah. I floated up and I was just what? Watching this guy fire me and without even yeah, and I felt bad for my friends because they felt so bad for me. Like it was just a horrible, awkward crap <sighs> moment. You know, did you just want to punch him in the face though? I too, I was just shell shocked. Like DC's know. a lifestyle like footwear brand. They're, they're in everything, and people that surf wear fucking shoes, and like you know, they're influencers, and like why? Why is DC in surf? Why is Nike in surf? Why right. is 
vans in, sir. Why is anybody in? Hey, anyway. why are you in this fucking building? Yeah, do you, sir? <laughs> You're fired. You, Fuck. Fired. you know what I mean? Guys. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would get right there all huffy and puffy. But, you know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, there's so many situations where I wish we could tri- teleport back in time and go, hey, Dick. Yeah. Your name's Dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, but everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. So, but then, yeah, so randomly after that, uh, I was on a phone, a talking contract with Blair Marlin. Blair is who's, whose job I filled at DC, right? He was the previous team manager for oh, myself. That's what he did before. He went into yeah, he was at uh, Transworld, then he went to, he might have been something else in then DC, and then yeah. he got a team. Yeah. So then, but I was talking to Blair. I'm just like, dude, I just had the gnarliest conversation. You know, this new CEO basically just fired me. He didn't even realize it. He's like, holy crap. He's like, call Chris Hefner at Billabong right now. Call him. They're like, going to hire someone else, but your name came up. I told him you probably wouldn't want to leave because you're so happy over there. You know, and you're probably making like a ton of money, but like, call Chris Hefner right now because they're looking to fill the job and they're about to do it. But like you were high on the list. Crazy. So yeah, so sure enough, I called Hef and uh, I had met him once or twice, I think, but not really, but it was really cool first phone call. And he's like, he's like, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot, I've interviewed so many people, I've talked to so many people and by far, your name was the highest on this on the list. Wow. You know? And I hadn't talked to him yet. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, that was huge, you know? Thanks, Dick. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Well, yeah, one, you know, door gets slammed in your face and you're like, what the fuck am I yeah. gonna do? Yeah. And then, you know, we're in the we're, we're in the business of networking and yeah. being a good yeah. human and yep. doing a good job and yep. you're gonna land on your feet somewhere and totally. Billabong, here it is. Yeah, so I ended up going in for a couple more, you know, formal interviews with him and Graham Stapleberg at the time, um, Mike Wallace as well, who was already there, um, and yeah, ended up getting hired at Billabong to run the full surf program there, which was again just like going from you know podium to DC, that was a step up, and then this one from DC to Billabong from a accessory brand to the main clothing brand, like the. Yeah. If not one of the top three most badass clothing brands, like that was a big, you know, feather in my cap and a huge yeah. And Billabong was huge at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what did what'd you say this two thousand ten or eleven? This or was eleven. Okay. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Billabong was on that buying spree and it just tons of money. They were yeah. not being out though, job. right? So exactly. So that's yeah. what I was gonna say. This is right when I wanna say he was there the first week. I was there. Maybe I met him briefly because I think he had to even okay me coming in, you know, as the team manager. It's pretty. It's a big visible position for yeah. the brand. Um, and we're talking Waterworks. Yeah, yeah. correct, Irvine. Um, but then he stepped out pretty quickly to try and buy the brand. Right. He had to leave first. He got investors together. He tried to make a bid on the brand, and then he started his own. That's yeah. when he started his own after that. So yeah, I just missed him. Was it Enoch? Enoch had kind of just left as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had Graham Stapleberg, Chris Hefner, and Mike Wallace were like the three main marketing. Okay. Yeah. Big team and, I mean, global brand. And, I mean, yeah, what was like national versus international? Like, how did those contracts work? 
It was, it was, yeah, it was huge. It was a lot more work. It was a lot more contracts. It was a lot more everything. But there was, there was a lot of oversight, right? There always is. It was never like I was on my own island doing contracts by myself or anything. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah. At a, especially at a brand like Bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, now, were you in charge of global or regional or regional? Okay. Just USA. So the way they were pretty much always set up is each region had their team manager and they were in charge. I don't remember when it exactly was, but kind of Chris Hefner was still would oversee the international team. And that's still what he does to this day. You know, he's international surf manager, international events manager. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so, but each individual region still kind of had their own team manager to take care of the guys. And when any Australians or Europeans came over to you the US, host. then I would step in and kind of be there person yeah you know what i mean so we'd all help each other's team out in their in their countries which is really cool were you doing a lot of traveling still like tons yeah tons like at billabong i and i could travel as much as i wanted if they you know i already had a family i had kids at this point um but i could yeah i had to travel a lot but i could have traveled as much as i want i mean the previous team manager he would live at the billabong house all season long you know for three months before Christmas and then two more months after, kind of thing, like full on. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll I, run the house. Yeah, I I'll be security. I'll be the freaking yeah. Yeah, but with a family, obviously. No. Yeah, you're that. talking the Billabong house that is the house now. Yeah, well, the not anymore, but yeah, yeah, head off the wall, beachfront, oh incredible. Gosh. Yeah, so, um, but I would still do. I average like five times the Hawaii a year, and then. A couple international trips. So whether it was went to Tahiti three times for the comp, you know, I did France, did some Indo, um, yeah, places. Can, like that. can we talk about our our uh, prime source Indo trip? Like <laughs> we we scored. We scored. Yeah. Prime sources Jeff Jeff Roy, Jeff Roy. Uh, we love you, Jeff Roy. Uh, yeah, he was just. I mean, such a good dude, mentor for all of us yeah. kids, like trying to figure out life after pro surfing. And he's like, come work with me, we'll do mortgages, do real estate, like, you know, setting us up. But he was like, hey, we're, you know, we're doing a, you know, he was diehard surf dude. That's a trip. And how, how did he like start recruiting you guys? He had an office on Maine, right? Yeah, office the, on Maine. Well, the first office was on 5th. 5th, yeah, well, uh, yeah, like, that's yeah. where my like, bonsai so, bowls, right? So again, my yeah. dad, like instilling the saving thing in me, you know, I was able to buy my house when I was twenty, which was huge. Yeah, yeah. right. And I remember this yeah, guy he, right after this guy. Yeah, yeah. And Freud was bet, bet, like telling me like, you know, like years before, I could buy a house. I'm like, dude, I'm gone like nine months out of the year. Like, what? Yeah. I'm not gonna buy a house. And then like, I come back and I do house shopping, and I'm like, ah, uh, that I don't, you know, I had real real particulars on like my border and zone where I was going to live and and then shit got more expensive I was getting out bed and then things were getting funky and then finally got lucky and you know ended up scoring a, a spot but yeah but yeah I, he was, I, I remember when you showed me the house that you're buying I'm like you're gonna buy this fucking dump <laughs> and at the time it was what 350 g's 314 314 yeah. I was like how are you gonna pay for this place yeah and it's a dump yeah because it had this ugly there's brick, brick, iron rot gate. They haven't trimmed any trees in like 20 years, and it was 
a haunted house, pretty much. Well, I remember being jealous because you yeah. bought yours like less than a year before me, and yeah. I bought it mine down the street for three seventy five for way more. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I paid so much money for my house. This sucks. <laughs> Jay got his for like barely over three hundred. Like, D Bob bought his before both of us for like two seventy, oh. and we were tripping. And his, yeah. he had a back unit, and his, I'm like. Oh, yeah, you well, know, like hindsight, dude. But yeah. it was no joke. Like that time, it was like every there's multiple offers on every house that popped yeah. up, and they were, everybody's getting outbid. And yeah, but Jeff Freud, yeah, hooked us up, hooked you guys up. You, Deba, Micah. Micah. Well, Deba was my loan officer, yeah, and he was holding his license at Jeff Freud's place. So that's how I met Jeff. You know, yeah. but we all stayed tight. Yeah, and he paid for me to get my license. Help these guys. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, and I would, and I was like same thing as you. I'm like I'm gonna I love the surf industry and you know um, I was with Stussy trying to parlay a career after surfing or try to you know get a job and then Ruka popped up and I'm like well if none of this works out maybe I'll just go do real estate same thing you know yeah, yeah. I, I don't know we'll figure it out I wasn't really stressed but uh, what a great yeah opportunity but anyways this boat trip yeah Jeff we did a couple of trips. Yeah, to Metawis, and um, I don't know. We uh, one trip we scored one trip. I think our boat broke down. I don't know if you were on that that trip. It's all like it all blends. Muddled. Yeah, yeah. I did two boat trips. You did them. two. Yeah. Okay. I did two with them too. So maybe you're on both. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I, I think just, I think there's video of the trip that you guys got. Good sized waves, right? Yeah. Both Jesse Marley did movies. On oh yeah. Oh, That's Jesse's it. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that called? Uh, Next in line Next. was one, Next. and then I don't another know. one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I have to dig that one up. Yeah. Yeah. I got the DVDs. Okay. So I got a, What's next? What's next? And next in line, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like, just such fun trips, you know, when you're on with like your friends that rip, like Turner. D-bomb. But we had good photographers too. We had Dustin Humphrey the first year. Then the next time we had Pat Stacy. Yeah. On my trip, so that was the same. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like you know, like HB crew, like Pat Cabbage was on one trip, Pat Patch, and then a couple other you know Huntington dudes, and like we you know we scored you yeah. know mm-hmm. like I mean it's hard not to out there and stuff but no that score was that yeah. score was huge but yeah we got like HTs and it almost looked like a mini chopu but it right like on like those sets like yeah. it was like what the, like is beyond can you take reason. off can you take off back there because you yeah. just see these yeah. like these freight trains come through but there was no entry yeah. you know and we were kind of on the in bowl whatever but like Turner was sending it mm-hmm. I mean we all, we all got good ones but like I just remember like Turner just, we see him take off and just, I don't know if he straightened out or tried to pull in, but we didn't see him for like 20 minutes. He talking right. a massive closeout. Yeah. 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 And he's all, dude, I got pinned he's down. Got the reef. Like, he yeah. Yeah. He's got crazy eyes. He does. He's got crazy eyes. He's so narrow. Yeah. So, Billabong, how many years did you spend at Billabong? Uh, I think it ended up being seven. Wow. I think seven. Yeah. That sounds right. Till t- til, til COVID. Yeah. Uh, so 2013-ish to 2020. And COVID fucked shit up. Yeah, big time. Like, For sure. Like, everybody was pretty much cut in half or, or laid off or... Yeah, like. so exactly. So my time at Billabong was interesting because when I started, you know, the budget was massive, you know. 
over two million bucks in the surf, just the surf portion. Um, but then as the years went on, you know, it started going a little bit smaller with the industry and everything. And then when COVID hit, it was really bad because we had to go out and kind of tell all the athletes it was a pretty major haircut. You know what I mean? I don't know how many details to give out or not, but it was kind of like, a, hey, we're going to kind of cut most everybody or you're just gone. You know, it's kind of like so heavy. half or nothing for a lot of people. You know yeah. what I mean? But it I was, mean, we're it in the was, business it was, selling product that it just went, well, we're not selling. We don't know when. Yeah. We, yeah. It yeah. was super drastic, just like all the brands. And I Everything. know that because everyone was talking at that time, too. You know, it was just like it was hectic. And, and then, um, you know, I got told that I was being let go. Uh, but then I hadn't even had the new contracts back yet to talk to any of my team writers and tell them this horrible bad news you know what I mean but I'm raising my hand going like I need to stay I'm going to stay you know and I need, I need to be the one to do this this is like my team this is my family I handpicked pretty much all these people yeah traveled all around the world with them brought you know we had the bloodlines camps going so I'm literally bringing these Next people's kids yeah. around the world these parents are entrusting me like a like a uncle or something yeah. you know with their kids lives in Indo and France and in Tahiti and uh, Japan South Africa like a lot of places Hawaii of course um, so yeah so they were able to keep me on a little bit longer just enough time to basically call everybody and give them some pretty horrible bad news, you know? And then as soon as all that was kind of done, I, I was done, walked out the door. And I mean, what was like, I mean, we didn't know what, co you know, that, how long everybody was gonna be out and then what was, what was it gonna be like to get back on track? Like, right. were you job hunting? Were you just taking a break? What, what, like, no, it was kind of perfect though too, because to be honest, at that point in time, I, I kind of always had it in my head. I didn't want to be in the team management role at age 40. You know, I kind of just had a really good run. I love the industry, but unless I've moved into something different, whether it's higher up in marketing, like, you know, more of a general marketing position, not surf marketing, or if something had opened up, you know, down the, through the times with like sales, maybe, you know, yeah. but at that point I was still pretty locked in and also Part of it is if you're really good at your job too, they're happy with you. They don't want to move you out of that role. You know, as yeah. much as I had a great experience at Billabong, I loved everybody. You yeah. know, at the end, Evan Slater was in, you know, running the marketing department, which is freaking phenomenal. That guy's amazing, incredible. Um, and I loved everyone I worked with. I I just was kind of done. Yeah. You know, I was ready to go, and I'd already went back and was already retaking the classes because I let my license expire, so I had to retake everything from the beginning to get my real estate license. Oh. Um, and I'd been talking to a neighbor friend about um, joining him to do commercial real estate. Yeah. Because uh, at the time when I was doing residential a while back, I, I, I just had a couple bad experiences because I did do a couple deals. And I just was like, yeah, maybe I want to try something else. And not nearly as many people are on the commercial side. You know, there's a lot of residential tourists so out there, yeah. as we know. Especially the past couple of years. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's it's cyclical and yeah. yeah everybody thinks that you know it's a, a killer career and then yeah. you realize how hard it is yeah, and right. then you're like then they're out and then yeah it's, it's tough yeah but I had a plan B in place and I was actually already almost ready to take my big state exam to regain my license because because I was kind of telling myself 
I was going to leave the brand in September, and I got let go in March, COVID, COVID March. Well, I think it was March, you know? So, it was, again, it was another one of those, like, blessings in disguise kind of thing. Like, yeah. it happened for a reason. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it would have been really hard, too, for me to actually just walk away for no reason yeah. come no, September. You never want to do that. You want, you want to, if, if it's in your control, you want to transition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On your terms. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it, it kind of, the decision was made for yeah. me, you know, and it was bittersweet. And then it sucked because I didn't really get to say goodbye to anybody either, right? Everything was shut and locked, so... All my coworkers that I worked with on the day-to-day, of course I called everybody or my closer ones, but there's a lot of, you know how it is when you work in an office, there's plenty of people you're friends with that you don't necessarily have their number or, yeah. or reach out to, so I kind of didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of people. Yeah. Of course, called all the team, you know, things like that, and um, yeah, it was so, an interesting way to, <laughs> to go out, yeah. you know, it was gnarly. So the last three years, commercial and residential, just hustling both? Yeah, well, I, I was focused more on commercial um, for a couple of years, but then just, you know. I for, think that market got hit hard right after COVID too, didn't it? Or? Well, the office side for yeah, sure. Yeah. Industrial went the other way. Yeah. Industrial went through the roof. But it uh, just ended up to not blowing my hair back. Yeah. You know, ball. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it like I thought I would, you know. It just wasn't the space that I liked. It's not as personal, and, you know, I think... A lot of what I tried to do my entire career in life is be an open, honest guy, right? Like under promise, over deliver, and and, and be trustworthy, right? Yeah. I guess like these parents needed to trust me to take little thirteen-year-old Johnny to some third-world country. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, uh, and now you're in an industry job that is not really transparent in a lot of ways, and yeah. people are a little. It was a little funky, you know? funky. Yeah, so I I had one um, super large deal pending for a long time on the commercial side, and I had to sign NDA, so I still can't talk about it, but it was going to be cool, and it had to do with some surf stuff, but that fell through, and when that fell through, I ended up just leaving pretty quick to hang my license with the residential brokerage here in Laguna, where Brandy Favor is as well, actually, at Berkshire, and uh, kind of fully pursue residential full-time. You know what I mean? Again, hopefully utilizing my trustworthiness, you know? Yeah. And, and, and your contacts and, contacts and your network. And yeah, and even contract knowledge. Because again, yeah. as you know, Jay, but it's a lot of contract stuff. And I got to know contract and contract language really well yes. on, the, on the surf industry side. So yeah, kind of just go from there. Um, nice. Also, and on the side, I still, you know, my longtime other best friend, Ben Knight, he's a boat captain with various things, but he works for a, a, a gentleman with a big fleet of boats. And my girlfriend and I have a boat, you know what I mean? And um, on the side, I work with him one or two days a week, depending on my schedule. And uh, go Taking down and- clients and stuff, or just uh, More stuff on the boat. dock, yeah. on the maintenance side, but the guys, you know, we have a 92 foot boat, a 37 foot boat, five jet skis, a wow, duffy, busy. a skiff. So there's plenty to go on, and I just get to go and learn and work with these super rad dudes and kind of learn stuff that I can apply to do on our boat and just kind of always learning. Yeah, it's, okay. it's insane. On and the water. It's like and, a passion. And you coach the Laguna Beach High School team? Yeah, uh, junior high. Junior high. So again, so I've, I've lived down there now with my girlfriend for two and a half years. But yeah, I, just, I wanted to do something to be more involved in the community down there. 
you know, just be a part of it. Yeah. Get back. Network, all of it, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, her youngest son was going into sixth grade, and I was hanging out with a couple of families, and, you know, they're like, hey, the coach, he's leaving, you know. Um, super cool dude named Mo, and he took a job at Surf Ranch. He's like the one of the in-house surf instructor coaches up there. Hmm. Um, but, you know, like, hey, this guy's leaving. Like, you'd be perfect. Would you want to jump in and take on this role? And what's that? Like, once, twice a week meet him? We, we yeah, we, there, we like, aim to meet every Friday morning. Yeah. What, that's conditions. Permitting, you know, permitting. yeah, that would be safe. And then we do, we do, like, six events during the year. Different nice. um, school, scholastic events. Well, so, I must tell you, I'm, you know, maybe coming into a, you know, coaching role myself. Here. What? What do you got? Yeah. This is breaking news. Breaking news. What do you got? My Grom's going into Huntington and uh, Verdone's like been pinning me down like left and right to participate and help help run the team Heck yeah. at HBHS. And I'm like, ah. What dude? And I'm like, I don't know dude. I'm pretty busy but I'll come hang out in the mornings and yeah. help. He's all, well, you and Turner, because Ryan's daughter, Bailey's oh, yeah. going to be there. Yep. Nichols was supposed to, but he, his kid's going to modern day, so I don't know. But, yeah, Verdone's looking for, for some dads to step up. That's cool. Huh? All, I'll, be a, I'll be a chaperone. Where's the next trip? Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's no. another reason why I jumped in, because, like, the other dads are, you know, Andy yeah. Mariner, who I worked with at Billabong, super good dude, his son, Forrest, and then Chad Mitchell's son, yeah. Granger. Um, yeah, you know Carter's a lot of the son, families already. My, you know, Mike Carter sponsored me for electric back in the day. His yeah. son's on the team. Like, That's cool. There's already, going back to the parents, it's all about the parents. And yeah, there's yeah. a really good group of parents involved. So I'm like, yeah, why not throw my hat in the ring, give back, and still get to be a part of surf as well, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, got this background. Watching these drums drop is like, so, keeps you young, right? Keeps yeah. you on your toes. Like, these are, it's awesome to be around. Totally. And then come to find out, you know, Brandy Faber's done his time coaching the team. Lockie's coached that team. Yeah. Boothie's coached that team. Like, there's all these, like, Laguna legends that have actually put in their time coaching the Thurston Surf yeah. team. So, yeah, just get to be one of the crew. That's awesome. Yeah. And you, you still commentate as well. Yeah, so I've always done that, you yeah. know, on the side. I started doing that still when I was a pro. The, the Vans Pure Classic that I won, I actually announced that whole event on the web. <laughs> with like Pete Mel and I think Joe Tricoli even was announcing that with us. But um, cool. yeah, so you just have a microphone in the heat. <laughs> Practically, I literally barely set. I was barely free surfing. What I year just, was that? Uh, I think two thousand five or seven. Okay. Yeah, uh, but well, yeah. Where so was that one? In at the pier, yeah, okay. it was on South Side. Um, but uh, I've always kind of done it on the side since. And again, now especially, now that I'm not at Billabong, I have more time um, and I'm not a part of the industry. So getting to go and announce those events, you know, yeah. I've done some West Coast board riders for Darren. I did the Rip Curl Grom searches and some other smaller events like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a way for me to kind of see my bros again. Yeah. You know, this last week at the yeah. US Open, I got cool. to see all my old team riders and their families, you know, hugging it out with all these guys. and. It's just a, another point of Once a surfer, always a surfer. You yeah. know, no matter what industry, you know, you go, ex, you know, make a career out of. Like, yeah. I mean, to be able to, like, make some scratch and hang out with the peers yeah. and have fun. and Mixing business be, with pleasure. And being yeah. front row and center at, like, you know, like the U.S. Open and that and behind the scenes. It's freaking rad. Yeah. Yep. I was on Northside Tower, too, looking through the pier. <laughs> right. 
and it was good. It was a good crew. We had Todd yeah. Klein and, and Darren Brillhart as well, my co-announcers. So yeah. we do two on, one off, nice little rotation. So we all spend time with each other. And those guys are we have we were rap, you know, yeah. awesome. talking a lot of Group crap on each other. Yeah, it's fun, super fun. And Huntington, uh, the the contest got lucky this year. The ways were definitely contestable. They scored every day. Yeah. The sandbars compared to what it's been the last couple months. Like they yeah. scored. Yeah. I mean, in, in hindsight, people watching, oh, it's like pretty rippable. But there were some really like moments where yeah. it was on. Like yeah. wow, Wedgie Wedgington was on. Yeah. No close out dribble. It was people were ripping. Yeah. 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 As they would. Hey, I don't want to cut this short. We're gonna to have to have him back on. Yeah. But I, I gotta. Well, go it's not short. Kids. It's two hours. No, but you know, <laughs> time yeah. flies. Took plenty more to talk about. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. This was Super so fun. fun. It was good to get that story, and yeah, there's definitely way more to talk about. But man. Yeah, being a waterman now on the boat and talk, yeah. talk fishing. Yeah, what you're scoring. I know. All right, dude. Like a bird. You can, uh, if you need a house in Laguna or wherever, right? Yeah, wherever. Exactly. Yeah, Micah wherever. Bird, California. Yeah. What is it? Micah exactly. Bird at. What's your email? Oh, my email. It's, yeah, it is Micah Bird at bhhscal.com. All right. We'll put that on the uh, Insta. Yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you guys. Dude, thanks for sitting down with us. Love it. Peace. Ashland hard seltzer made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland hard seltzer. Shade sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. sunscreen. <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.